0: Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. And today's episode we have special guest, Dr. Saz Madison. And he is a psychologist specializing in um pre-employment interviews and fit for duties and all that stuff. Um we had a great episode, great conversation with him, and we'll put all of his links and everything. Um down in the show notes so but like and subscribe all that stuff so here you go the washdown podcast with special guest dr saz madison
1: so the citizen we don't (laughs) want anything you guys prove (laughs) yeah
0: yeah for the most part you would think that but
2: oh yeah we can break anything
0: yeah pretty much there's no piece of equipment or no building
1: that we can't get into which is good we've had two fires actually Um, so we're glad you guys can get into places. Yeah. To, and it was funny because after the first one, everyone was like, but now you've got it out of the way. You know, the likelihood of (laughs) you ever having a fire again is like (laughs) almost zero. They got you. (laughs) They got me. They put that bad juju on you. And actually, we're not recording right, so... No, we are. The- <laughs> but I can Yeah, do- I ain't telling you that, Jay. <laughs> Some things are better left kept a secret. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you when we're standing outside and you there have you no electronic devices uh, you around are. you.
2: Oh, it means we gotta leave our phones in the room. <laughs> yeah. Take my watch off. You know off. what I'm saying? Put it in one of those little
1: <laughs> envelopes with the... Yeah. yeah. The, what <laughs> yeah. is it? The All the signal
0: blocking. Yeah. Yep. Dude, and that's crazy because, like, my wife and I'll be standing upstairs or whatever, and we'll be having a conversation about something like off road uh, outdoor showers Google or something. Uh, oh, yeah. Google, Amazon,
1: or, yeah, or Facebook, Amazon. Mm-hmm.
0: Instagram, it, all of it. Yeah.
1: It hears you. It's listening. My 23 year old is one of those guys who's hyper conscious of that. You know, how firefighters, law enforcement officers, especially firefighters, also, though, become hyper vigilant. Right, Mm. he's like that all the time (laughs) because (laughs) because there are these speakers, like these digital assistant speakers Mm -hmm. everywhere, and every now and then, you know, we'll be sitting down, have a having a conversation around the dinner table, and so on and so forth, and Google will say something like, "Well, I'm not sure about that."
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, my Siri does it on my on my phone. I'm like, "Are (laughs) we even talking to you? Didn't say your name, (laughs) nothing." That's Settle pretty down. scary. So I did, I did see a Settle video. Down. These people, so they recorded it on one phone, and they had the other phone off. And they don't own a cat, but they were talking about cat litter and cat food for like five minutes.
1: Advertisement. They turned food. the phone on,
2: and I think it was her phone. And all of a sudden, it had a bunch of advertisements for kitty litter and litter boxes and yeah. food. It's like, come on, man. It's
1: a thing.
2: Yeah. Gonna but have we, to all, be addressed. we all agreed to it whenever we buy the phone or the product. We did. Because none of, none of us
0: read terms of, of agreement. Well, yeah, but if you don't sign that term, then you, then you can't, can't use anything. Yeah. You right. can't use a cell phone. You can't. South Park had it right. Did you ever see that episode? Oh, uh, with, uh, with Apple and the yeah. terms of agreement. Oh, Basically,
2: that. Sorry. so Kyle, was uh, he wanted a new iPad or something. And he clicked agree. He didn't read it. We well, he agreed to be part of a human centipede. So they brought that movie Human Centipede into oh, no. Apple. Yeah, and they were trying to get it, to teach it to learn, to read the terms of agreement, or terms of service, or whatever you want to call okay, it. Okay, I want to see that now. So I think it was like a two or three-parter. It was freaking hilarious. And then That's awesome. So it was, it was an Asian guy, then Kyle, and then a woman all put together, like just like in Human Centipede. <laughs> and they were giving the, the guy food to eat, and like he kept choosing the nastiest dishes, <laughs> like gefilte fish and cauliflower or something oh my gosh or asparagus or cabbage something like that and <laughs> that's what he would eat over like the chicken and rice
0: oh uh, it okay, doesn't matter like that. man That <laughs> i'm sorry those movies are disturbing and
1: not watchable
2: yeah i never did watch you once but...
1: i didn't even know that that was a thing and oh, the yeah. answer is no i'm just too busy with cocaine bear
2: <laughs> See, i still <laughs> want to see that I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) I Jim, I don't wanna see cocaine. (laughs) I wanna
0: see cocaine bear. So really? Saz, yes. you gotta understand. So we worked together at the same station for almost ten years and we went through the academy together. Oh, that's awesome. we used to play this game at the first station that we worked at together of. We would try to find the worst possible movie and see how long we could get our captain to sit through it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, I want to see this movie list. Yeah. Oh, oh it was yeah. bad. Night so, of the
0: chicken dead is the worst movie ever made. By oh, any any terrible. standard any standard that you have, and yeah,
1: Night of the Chicken Dead. Yes,
2: yeah. yeah. And we watched we we finished. I feel it. dumber
1: hearing the name of it. Yeah, that yeah.
2: <laughs> and we watched it. And you're just like, oh my god, it's terrible. But now
0: we're an
2: hour in and invested. You gotta finish it, man. <laughs> gotta finish yeah. it. You gotta see what happens. It's like a bad book. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. our
0: captain made it like ten minutes into that movie, maybe, and then. Well, then the, you know it's it like awesome.
2: I could last longer than you
0: can. No, you can't. So,
2: God, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that was back. We had to get. I had to get it on Netflix, and that's back when Netflix just started. Oh, and so and the you discs. had to get the DVDs yeah. mm-hmm. sent to you. So we waited for that. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: planned out. <laughs> we waited.
0: <laughs> we
2: mean, were invested oh, before yeah. it came. Eight, right. la- eight lunch, About an hour later, made a bunch of popcorn
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's let's go. And wow. this this all started from the movie Gamer. Have you ever seen that? I have seen brother? that. Yeah. Yep. So you remember the part where, and it's close to the end, where he drinks all the vodka and then pukes oh. into the gas tank and makes the truck run. And he pees
3: in it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the part where our captain slammed his hands down on the table, got up and walked out and said, this is and, unbelievable. And I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Not the part where, talking about little robots in your brain making you do stuff. Right. That's yeah. totally believable. <laughs> <laughs> but that was where he drew the line. Yeah. Oh, it still cracks me. I think "Gamers"
2: a good movie.
0: I thought it was a great movie. You knew what you were getting. Yeah,
1: you knew what you were getting. Yeah, you notice I tried to find part of what you said to go with, and I'll go with. (laughs) Yeah, And I'll go with. You knew what you were getting, Jim. Okay. When when I watch a
2: Steven Seagal movie, I know what I'm getting: bad acting, and decent fight scenes, like his younger ones back in the 80s. Yeah. Now I'm just like he had some cool throws. Yeah,
1: he did. Yeah, he really, he really did.
2: And some of the, the grips and joint manipulations he did was awesome. I know when I'm watching a Chuck Norris movie, I'm gonna get the best action movie ever. Oh, Chuck Norris! You can't argue that one. No, I'm yeah, you, that's a straight you, fact. You really can. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: Chuck Norris w- will probably hear me and beat me up. Oh yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't beat me up. It would only take one kick.
2: Yeah, man's <laughs> 175 years old and he can still beat everybody. <laughs> Actually, it's him probably, and his total gym. It's,
1: it's probably true. And he probably is really 175. I
2: think, he, I think he's 85 now. Probably. What was I he
1: think. in? He was in. Um, what is that movie, guys? Which it's one. got. The expen- the <laughs> I, <Expendables, laughs> I know, right? Expendables 2. Nicely I think? done. Like yeah. Expendables 2 or yeah. 3. Yeah. When all of them were in there. Jean Claude Van Damme. and Yeah, all that, them, that was the second one. And yeah. all those guys. And Chuck Norris was there. And it's like, well now whatever yeah. the problem is it's yeah gonna, it's fixed it's gonna be handled <laughs> yeah. and they acknowledged that in the movie. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the lone wolf <laughs> yep. he
2: made the chuck norris jokes i loved it
1: yep <laughs> which really meant they were true because they oh he, yeah he
2: yeah said them. well i mean the rattles? the it was a cobra he knows rattlesnake it was that was a true story so it just had the venom taken out and it really did bite him and it really did die three days later. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> oh my. Wait, yeah. that's not yeah, is that he, true. He's told, he told,
0: he told the story. Whenever they were filming Walker, Texas Ranger, yeah. and I remember the episode. Yeah. Oh like yeah. He's out like riding a horse <laughs> and falls off or something like that, and then this rattlesnake bites him, and then he's like in the show, like kind of wandering around and like trying to find help and all that stuff. Right. Well, you know those. Rattlesnakes they use in the movies—they've all been defanged and devenom. venomed ah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that makes so sense.
2: I'm, I'm guessing the defang and the, and the venom thing, and probably an age of the snake, all played a factor in that snake dying. Yeah,
1: it and the worked. fact that it was Chuck Norris. And, and yeah, Chuck I mean, Norse, yeah. He bit. if I
2: bit Chuck Norris, I'd probably die like three minutes later. Oh, it's fear. fear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer intimidation. Yeah, I like, don't fight that guy. Even <laughs> in 85. I think I think he's 83, 85, 88, somewhere in there. He's in his 80s, but look yeah. at
1: Sylvester Stallone at
2: 80. Yeah, he still looks. Yeah, right.
0: well, there's. He's got had lots of help with that. <laughs>
1: it's still Stallone. You can't he's, knock him. He's totally open yeah. about that. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: he is, which is great. Arnold, of course. He's, yeah,
1: <laughs> he's so broken. <laughs> <laughs> i want to
3: show
2: though. he's he got a new show foobar on netflix yeah I yeah been, i haven't seen it yet i'm seeing that but I, yeah. I watched a like a clip of it and that had me laughing pretty good
1: yeah that looks his daughter's like a cia agent. yeah he's something.
2: he's like the top cia agent and they retired or something and now she and then he finds out that she's doing it and they, now he's got to help her. and
1: neither of them knew yeah or something right yeah huh that's well, i mean basically it's like, it's like true yeah, lies that's yeah. not interesting at all yeah okay
2: it's true that lies a tv show like set 30 years later and his daughter had her mind wiped after the incident in key west oh so nothing like <laughs> true lies at <laughs> <Yeah>. all <Jim>? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well
2: think about it in true lies what was he he was a spy that nobody knew about that yeah. his wife didn't know about and then they, fo- they found out when jamie lee curtis and eliza mm-hmm. dushku got Kidnapped.
1: Oh, yeah. You're good with actor
2: names. Oh, it's sw- our thing. We go back and forth with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, we used to sit around at the station and just do movie quotes and see how far we could go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: without I, I want in on this. And by that, I mean, please. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just lose. So Back, back in my, back in our
2: 20s, I used to play a drinking game with celebrity names. So the, the first letter of the last name had to be the first letter or the first name of the next celebrity. And if you did a double. Oh then the person had to drink. If you couldn't think of one, you had to drink.
1: What would you do once they drank so much they died?
2: And we never hit that point. We were 20. Oh, we, okay. You could kill us. We were, we
1: were in our 20s. We were
2: invincible. Oh, my goodness. But it was, it was a fun game. Well,
0: oh, okay. So in our 20s
2: because, you know, that was
0: 20s. Since we've been rambling for like 10 minutes now.
1: says welcome to the show, <laughs> Thank Dr. You very Madison. Much. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. I think that's what I'm supposed to say right uh, now. Sure. It's a pleasure to be
0: here. Yeah. Thanks. Man, I like
2: that he lies to you, because it's not a pleasure to be here.
0: It's a pleasure to have him Listen, here,
2: <laughs> but I got to deal with this.
0: I put the hashtag FireChris yes, on Yes, hashtag lab, fire Chris, And I got no comments. So. The, it, it takes time.
2: Oh, no. You don't, you know, you with a snowball, it, it takes I'll one snowflake what. and you keep adding to it. I'll tell you what. And it starts we, rolling. After
0: we get done with, with this podcast, we'll do an Instagram video and we'll put that on there so everybody knows that it's- It's real. That it's real. That it's, it's legit. Yeah. 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 So he jokes that I won't fire him and he can't quit. Oh,
1: yeah. right. So yeah. you're just here in perpetuity. I'm, I'm stuck. Yep.
0: No matter what I do, yep.
2: I can't get fired. <laughs> I'm unfireable from this podcast. Yeah.
1: It's like he's
0: a union (laughs) or something. (laughs) You're a fixture.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm a staple now. There you go.
1: Fixtures are at least more complex than a staple. (laughs) What a simple tool. That's right. (laughs) Simple is the best. You're more than a staple, dude. It's so effective.
2: (laughs) Why, why
0: Why try and make it better if it works perfect already?
2: Right,
1: right. There's that.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: Simplicity at its best right here.
0: Well... Saz, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Okay, I sure will. So right now, (laughs) because my (laughs) life has had a number of iterations, right? Uh, I've been me in all of them. But right now, uh, I own Forensic Psychology Associates, which uh, is a police and public safety uh, company. Primarily, uh, what I do is... I'd like to think that I advocate for public safety, right? For my fire agencies and for my police agencies. And I also have four federal agencies. So for about 50 agencies in the region, uh, I provide pre-employment evaluations, fitness for duty evaluations, uh, promotions evaluations. But I also do safeguards and management-referred counseling and so on and so forth. I also go around and talk to agencies and members Um, about challenges they might be experiencing, and so on and so forth, and other ways that I might be able to contribute. Before, I was in academia. So for 12 years, I taught at a private uh, university here in the city. And it's interesting because um, my area of specialty in graduate school, in my Ph.D. program, uh, was in treatment. It was anxiety disorders, right? And my area of specialty in research was I developed a measure of interpersonal problem solving. I started that during my first master's program. Um, And during my second master's program, I completed it and then did my dissertation on it. So that's my specialty, right? Interpersonal interaction, interpersonal functioning, and then anxiety disorders and treatment. So what did I teach? Um, Black psychology and (laughs) multicultural (laughs) psychology because I was the only black male professor at the university, right? Um, So (laughs) I'm sorry. Is that confusing? (laughs) (laughs) It makes
2: perfect sense if you don't think about it too hard.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Just don't think too. And and that was very much the way I ended up in it. So picture me. I'm a, you know, first year untenured, you know, assistant professor. And I have the people in charge come in to the office and they're like, so uh, Dr. Madison. Yeah. Um. Have you thought about teaching like, you know, like a, um, like a, like a, Af- like, a uh, like a, like a, like a, you know, like a, uh, you know, like, a, and I say, like African American psychology? And, and they go, yeah. Oh, so you've been thinking about that. You know, like, oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. And so here's me, untenured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I can do that. I can do that. I can (laughs) do do that. that. So for the next 10 years, I taught African-American psychology with a uh, sort of black psychology bent. um, And because those are different. And uh, and multicultural psychology. And to be honest with you, I ended up loving the topic. And I ended up loving the material and the engagement with the students around this material. Right. So what's the difference in, in black psychology
2: and then psychology?
1: Oh wait black psychology and psychology or black psychology and well, african so, american psychology
2: so cuz it, it sounds like that it's it specialized to the african american or or black community oh. as opposed to where psychology for so long was just psychology is the way it sounds
1: okay i see what you're saying so think of it in terms of a as you said specialty area within the field of psychology so psychology is the scientific study of human behavior and mental processes Mm -hmm. right you say that and then you see this guy literally working on a brain and you go wait what is what does that have to do with human behavior and mental processes right psychology is the umbrella And then there are these specific fields under Black psychology. Um, You can think of all the fields of psychology as answering a question, right? If you want, that always starts, if you want to understand, fill in the blank, right? Um, So cognitive psychology. If you want to understand uh, thinking processes and the way that the brain impacts thinking, you study Cognitive psychology, um, apply behavior analysis or behavioral psychology. If you want to understand why we engage in the overt behaviors we engage in and how those behaviors are maintained and reinforced, behavioral psychology. So black psychology, if you want to understand the way black Americans function and fail to function in the US, that's black psychology. And the specifically black psychology approach You're best informed from that theoretical perspective. You're best informed by understanding that black people in the country are the only non-voluntary immigrants in an immigrant country, right? Um, And the belief is that that has significantly influenced our development in the country. African-American psychology is a little different because the question's the same, if you want to understand The function and failure to function of African-Americans in the country. You have to start with understanding that they are from Africa and that we were segregated in a really significant way up until very recently Mm. and so those traditions those cultural factors that they brought over from africa have been maintained and that's why we yell at the movie theater at the screen That's why. That's why we're okay if we're a little bit late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, African Americans' perspective on time I've, I've is never very different from the Euro Eurocentric perspective. <laughs> oh, I I love lying too. You mentioned that earlier. Okay.
2: I, I don't lie. I might stretch the truth a little bit, but I, I don't tell an outright lie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. From uh, a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> So, when I, when I go to a movie, I'm so dialed in on the screen, I don't notice anything around me, because I'm listening and watching the movie and paying attention.
1: Oh, right. In the neighborhood I grew up in, you would get God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You want to pay a little attention. You want to be a little, a little self-aware, That's bro. That's fair. Uh, but yes, sir. That's um, why I sit in the
0: back at the yeah. movies. So, everything is in front of me. You, you ever see the movie road oh, Trip? Right.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know I did a long the, time It's I got
2: the song know. Scotty Doesn't Know in it.
1: Oh, right. So, oh, my gosh. So the, the really guy's good. name's
2: Froman. He has a guide for traveling Europe and all that. he's got the little thing that goes around his waist. That's what I wear in the theater. Everything's packed right here on my chest. <laughs> and I sit like this with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> that way I can't get got. Can't get
1: got Then I mean, you literally, you'd have to be really, really clever. Yeah. I'm like, right here. That's impressive. <laughs>
0: oh. So how did you go Or what made you make the decision from going from academia into, I guess we could call it out into the field and then focusing. Yeah. And focusing with
1: police. I miss practice a lot. I really did. Um, Before I came back to Missouri, uh, I did my undergrad here in the Kansas city area. Right. And then I went to graduate school in Michigan. So I lived in Michigan for 10, 10 years. I was not part of the militia. And (laughs) while I was up there Starting in my first master's program, so this was in like 1995, <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm real, real young, by the way, in case you can't tell by the way I look. Um, during my first master's program, I helped out with a violence intervention training for Isabella County, um, it was actually Isabella County Police um, there was a separate police and sheriff thing uh, going on up there, and then ended up being involved with not just Isabella County Police and Mount Pleasant Police, which is where central Michigan University is um, but also the Mount Pleasant Fire department and the it, it was a unified Isabella. Um, and gratiot county uh, fire department and so i was doing fire i mean violence intervention training with the firefighters and the law enforcement officers and it was a blast it was awesome um that's when i first noticed there are some differences between fire service members and <laughs> law enforcement <laughs> members There are some differences between guns and hoses but um mm-hmm. what are you going to do right So I enjoyed working with that population a lot. And I did a little bit of work in a level five prison in um, Saginaw, Michigan. And I ended up working a little bit with corrections officers up there uh, too. It was cool not to do that long, um, but <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> I ended up working a little bit longer with um, the law enforcement officers and the firefighters, and, and that was just really, really cool, and I had a really good time, um, so I got to do that for a couple years, then it sort of phased out while I was doing the rest of my graduate work, and then when I finished my Ph.D., and came back to teach at my alma mater, right? I ended up teaching at at my alma mater. Let me be arrogant just for a little bit. Do it. My then girlfriend, um, we started dating freshman year, uh, very first day of orientation. We met August 18th, 1989, by the way, in case you're curious. Um, We met, and four days later we were dating exclusively because she's hot. And... (laughs) she's smarter than i am but that wasn't the most important (laughs) that wasn't the most important part and she's not a college (laughs) freshman she's six feet tall now i'm thinking about her and i want to go home um but sophomore year we were sitting on the ledge at her dorm and i said to her i'm gonna come back and teach here and she was like really that would be so cool because her voice was gorgeous Mm -hmm. um I don't know if it was or not, but she (laughs) was gorgeous, so there's that. Um, But I said to her, I'm going to come back here and teach. And I did for over a decade. Uh, So that ended up working out really well. But while I was doing that, I didn't get to work with the police and fire um, that I enjoyed working with so much. So that's really what made me decide. And academia has changed a little bit. Right, what? in the last decade, <laughs> it's changed it's, and students have changed a little bit, right? Expectations are a little bit different uh, so about eight years ago, uh it almost nine years ago, I decided I missed practice enough that I was going back uh to public safety
0: so what are the and that's kind of you talk about the change that's happened with the young people, yes, sir. right. What's the the biggest change that you've seen in that past eight years with the new applicants trying to come in? Oh,
1: my. Okay. So in the past eight years, there have been two fairly significant shifts, actually, because you might not be surprised to learn that there was a shift that occurred post-2020. Um also <laughs> hadn't heard about that one yeah, yeah i'll, I'll <laughs> let you know there was some stuff uh there was some stuff that happened i think there was a car accident somewhere or something yeah, yeah. uh in, in yeah. 2020 uh and it had a significant impact on the country and on applicant pools for fire service and law um so what i noticed when i first came back uh around eight years ago in terms of the difference from when i was doing it before and remember that had been a more extended period of time between when i came back eight years ago and when i had been doing it uh in the late 90s and early 2000 aughts um do people use the term 2000 aught in the aughts
0: i mean i don't but i've heard it before okay I can't,
1: I can't say i that but you, one, you guys can you You're guys can you, can you guys whatever. can edit yeah. out the the no, nerdy no, no, professor no. speak <laughs> right
2: nope, <laughs> nope we love it
1: <laughs> whenever i would do that and my wife hears it she would say stop human speak and she would <laughs> and she would like do
3: the <laughs> <She> <laughs> AS, asl for for no you know like
1: human speak um but late 90s early 2000s uh when it was before and then when i came back like eight years ago there had been a shift that shift was more subtle it was still uh expectations a shift in expectations a shift in sort of um, almost entitlement i was hearing applicants say the fire department better be able to do this for me (laughs) Uh, more often than i had before (laughs) what i had been hearing much more consistently before i still hear with applicants now in the fire service um but i heard it a lot more back then it was pretty much primary back then and what they were like was i'm convinced i can do this for the fire department i'm convinced i could do this for the community just give me a chance let me show you let me show you let me show you um, and now, it's like, <clears throat> as long as they can do this for me and this for me and this for me, then I'll let them have access to me. All
2: so right. I, my, my question would be then, what what are they expecting the department to do for them? And is it something that can be accommodated? Is it like a change we well, can make as a fire service? That, you know that, what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: And I want you to answer that question, but I kind of want to give my two cents on that. Wait, nobody cares. <laughs> You're right. Probably nobody, that Yeah, I like it. <laughs> he's on my side nobody now. Is. But think about I'm that sh- Think about that shift, though, Fair. of what we've talked about is people from our generation coming in, going, "This is what I want to do. I want to serve." Whereas mm-hmm. now, what he's saying that perspective is it's not about service; it's about what they can get, yeah, being served,
1: yeah, or not only about service yeah it's also about being served. and it sort of starts there, and that that occurs uh, both with the fire service and uh, in law enforcement. And boy, that's where the shift really occurred around twenty twenty in the law enforcement realm. Um, mm-hmm. But to answer that question uh, first of all, i I think it was a really, really good question and you know how people say that sometimes to give themselves time Absolutely. to think of a that's not why i'm saying and i'm saying it this time cuz it was a really good question it ended up leading me to thinking about a lot of different things and i think my thoughts started out with Yeah, I'm not convinced necessarily that the expectations that they're having as they come in are realistic, helpful, useful, or functional in real ways because most of them who are coming in with those expectations don't really understand the fire service yet. Mm -hmm. They think they understand the fire service, and so they have expectations that often don't really apply appropriately. If they're entering the fire service to increase to – increase the likelihood that the fire service will be able to serve the community in a more effective manner, right? If that is their goal for entering and that they want to be a part of that. Um, My 17 year old is the first of our four kids to, um, his plan is to do fire service and do fire science in college and so on and so forth because you know they're going to college
3: right Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) um his plan is
1: to do fire service um fire science and he's like dad when you think about like this is gonna sound cliche but when you think about heroes you know that's like for real like they they're heroes like for real and i was like um Okay, talk to me about that, son. What does that mean? I've met some firefighters who look, bruh. (laughs) And and he was like, and it was interesting because often I can make him laugh really, really well. He didn't laugh uh, when I did that. He was thinking very seriously about it, right? And he goes, they will run into the most dangerous situation to save the life of someone. And usually they're successful. <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm sorry I, 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 like how I usually I didn't, I emphasized didn't laugh yeah. when, <laughs> when he said that but later when i was thinking about
1: it i laughed my butt off and he goes and usually they're successful they actually and then they could be walking down the street and see a building and say that building is still there because of stuff I did and my team did. My family in the house. That's how you described, right? Yeah. My family in the house. It's there because and then dad can you imagine seeing a person walking down the street and saying they're alive because of what I did. And I was like I mean my job, is, this shit's important too, bro. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I mean I, I get what you're saying. And so his motivation for doing this, his expectations, hmm, they might be realistic, they might not. I'm gonna be purposeful and deliberate about talking to him about appropriate expectations, right? Yeah. Yeah. But his motivation for going in there I think his motivation is right
2: internally. on right on track. He, right. he he wants to help, he wants to serve, mm-hmm. and he wants to be the best in the field that he's in.
1: At, that's and exactly exactly what he said
2: i should be a psychologist
1: <laughs> no oh that's a, that's yes. adorable i should be a psychologist because my friends yeah. always like to tell me yeah. what their problems
2: are They're like you're so good at it i'm like no i'm really not <laughs> i'm just a jerk and i told you the truth yeah. you want to be a therapist
1: psychologist i don't want to do that we're either. like number people
2: we're just math
3: <laughs> i'm pretty good at math too. yeah
2: that's,
3: oh,
1: maybe you would make an excellence
2: i don't want to do all the schooling i'm lazy
0: Oh God! We won't. Says the guy. <laughs> with do you have a master's yet? Or I'm
2: working on it. Almost. All yeah, right. I got do two bachelor's thing, degrees. And,
0: All and right.
1: I'm working on a master's. What are you working on a master's in?
2: It's a fire service leadership and public administration.
1: Ah, uh, you. That's because you're going to be
2: admin. It ho- I hope at some point.
1: All right. But okay.
2: My brother also works for a very large government organization. Okay. And I know we talked. We've talked about one it. of the
1: alphabet soup. No, not, it's please. not in the alphabet soup. We'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> it's very big in the local area. Okay, but
2: uh, they—they'll—if you have a master's degree, you're pretty much guaranteed a job. So if I, God forbid, that's a—that's a
1: stringent vetting process.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's—it's it's more than just a he master's missed that. degree. Yeah, okay, I, I, <laughs> I, I choose to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more to it. I mean, there's a. It, t- it took him a long time to get hired, and he's gonna. Right. Work, he's working on his. He's gonna start working on his master's here in a few months. Okay. But I mean, twenty twenty five years in the fire service or law enforcement or military,
3: mm-hmm.
1: there's
2: so many sections that this company is involved in. Okay. That you had that, and then a master's degree, and of course you got to interview well, which I haven't interviewed. In yeah, a long I think, time. I think you'll be fine, <laughs> sir. I gotta, you, but I'm just saying, you know,
0: interviewed two years ago. That's true, I did because that's how we do our promotional process. I was going to say, did you that's promote true, yeah. two years ago? Yeah, yeah, I got,
2: yeah, we took the test two years ago, yeah. a little over.
0: Yeah, but right. yeah, I guess
2: you're right. I, that's fair. But I'm also forget? we're going to forget, gonna mark did you forget that down. the
1: interview, or did you forget that you were the same? <laughs> I, I, that w- I will fare on my interviews <laughs> from old school. Okay. I just kind of black out. And, what happened? <laughs> what did I say?
3: You had been playing yeah. that drinking game? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Forgot you weren't in your yeah. 20s. <laughs> that,
1: that
2: does happen. Not anymore. It doesn't have as much anymore. So,
0: all right, let's rein this back in because I, right, I have right. a question. So, whenever your son talks about he wants to be a firefighter and everything, and you're yeah. trying to temper those expectations, mm-hmm. you know, like, how much are you sharing with him? Because obviously – you have a a different level of insight and you get to see the after effects of when we didn't save that person.
1: Absolutely. You know? Um, Wow. What a excellent point, Jeremy. So I talk to him about everything, right? So one of the points I make often when I'm um, talking with members of the fire service who have been having a hard time, for example, one of the things, and this is a, challenge in the uh, fire service culture, it's a challenge in the law enforcement culture Um, people will often say to me uh, even when I'm doing pre-employment evaluations this person wants to be a firefighter, right? And I'll ask them about personality characteristics that they believe will help them be a stellar law, law enforcement officer or a stellar member of the fire service right? And they'll go I'm really great at leaving what I do at work at work And then at home, you know, it's like I'm a completely different person. And typically I'll say, oh, um, I've had very few candidates who have a brain they use at work and then a different one they put in when they get home. Ha ha. You know, type of thing. And typically they'll look at me like this. Right. (laughs) Because, of course, there's no way that you can leave what happens at work at work um, and what happens at home at home but people are convinced that that's the way to do it and be healthy and one of the sort of adverse effects of that unfortunate effect of that is they also espouse the idea you don't talk to your spouse or your partner or your significant other about what you experience at work you don't want them to worry you don't want i mean it's just too much right um you protect them like you go out and protect the community you protect Mm -hmm. them from that you insulate them from that and the whole time i'm hearing that i'm like oh crap right you're already set up for failure you are absolutely set up for failure so does that mean that I go home and I say, this is the amount in terms of volume of viscera that I saw today, right? This is the number of exposed brains and burned bodies that I that I encountered. This is the number of times I tried to save a life and was unsuccessful today. Actually, that one you might um, actually mention. But what do we do? We go home and we talk about our experience. What does that look like? What does that sound like? If I'm at work and I experience something that's really hard and I end up really sad, right, that's what my spouse wants to know. My wife doesn't want to know the details about where the sadness (laughs) came from. She wants to know that I'm thinking about this and that it affected me. That will also inform her, help her understand a little bit, oh, this is what's going on with him, right? I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really upset. I'm feeling really – or – Something happened with admin at work, and I'm so pissed off. And I go home, but I'm insulating my wife from my pissed off. (laughs) Don't worry, right? Yeah, Yeah. insulating like (laughs) mm -hmm. I'll be in in the garage. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Not insulating, but isolating. That was that was some clever stuff, man. That was really good. Guilty
2: of it, hundred percent guilty.
1: I think often. We are. Um, We will isolate, but hopefully we're doing it in a way that facilitates the relationship. Let's say I typically... I'm going to recognize that I have crap going on that's going to impact the way I interact with my spouse or significant other or my partner, right? And I have it going on so much that it would probably be a good idea for me to step away a minute, knowing that I'm going to come back and engage this with her. Then that's cool, right? That's actually perfectly fine. It's like the old idea of stopping counts to 10, which yeah. for decades, you know, that's all we said, do like that would be enough, right? And I I'm mean, sitting here thinking of 10 reasons she's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, on, so on and so forth, when really it was what happened at work. So instead what I do is I go home and I say, honey, look, oh my God, I'm so pissed off today at work and I'm still feeling pissed off and I hate this, you know? That's all it takes. And I'm sharing everything she wants to know because what she wants to know is how i'm doing you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. she wants to know what's going on with me and as for the don't want her to worry part or don't want him to worry part man the stuff they'll imagine if you're not open and honest with them they're they're gonna worry anyway they're gonna and it'll often be worse even than what you're what you're going through and even when you take a shower
2: you come home you still smell like smoke right so they no matter they, what. they know
1: yeah and all your stuff yeah yeah you
0: know yeah my wife you know she kind of equates it to mad libs they're going to fill in the blanks they're going to fill yeah. in the blanks man
1: i mean they definitely are yeah. so leave as few blanks as possible i like to manipulate my wife so i leave no blanks <laughs> yeah you know, she doesn't get to contribute okay, <laughs> Keep that thumb on her.
3: That, man, <laughs> so much. She's taller than I am. She's smarter than I am. She's
1: cooler than I am. I can't let her have any <laughs> control. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, One of these days she'll realize and be like, I
2: could do better. I'm waiting on my wife to hit that. One of these days,
1: we've been married um, since 1995. It'll be 28 years in awesome. August. Yeah, she realized that crap. And like- <laughs> 1995 <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh like we got married August 5th 1995. She realized it like August 5th late. <laughs> oh, like 11:59. <1159. laughs> yeah, cuz up yeah. until 11:59 she she was pretty, I know my She was pretty me. pleased.
2: <laughs> I'm still waiting for her to come be like, "You know what? I'm going to do better. I'll see you later." You can have everything.
0: I'm good. You can, you can
2: have this yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is yours. Right. See in my
1: see you. In the house that's nicer than Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we both know that's not true.
2: It's 100% true. <laughs> my yeah. house is lived in. You can tell if somebody lives there. That's the thing.
1: Right, right, <laughs> right. Mine is the same way. Okay, I'll be honest. Actually, I'm, I'm kind of a neat freak, right?
2: I wish I was.
1: And I am uncomfortable... And I want you to note the way I say this, I am uncomfortable when the house is not in a condition that I'm comfortable with, right? You notice I didn't say my sons piss me off when they leave messes around the house or I get really annoyed when my wife does blah, 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 right? Because who's responding to the house? It's you. I am, right? That's exactly yeah. right. And that's a huge, actually, when I talk to members of the fire service, when they're having a really hard time and they come into the office, and I do still get to do that some myself instead of having some of the therapists see them or so on and so forth, right? I'm often thinking in my head, when this member leaves the office, what is the one thing I want to make sure that they leave with, right? Right. And for me, it's really this idea that you and I have sort of joked about a couple times. This idea that external forces, including people, determine my emotional experience. No, that is simply not the case. And as soon as we get to a point where we realize that not only... Do external factors not determine the way I experience the world, the way I feel, the way I respond, but I have the power to determine the way I act, the way I respond, the way I feel. There was this uh, philosopher, he was a Stoic, um, which is, you would think, yeah, that's not you, right, Epictetus? (laughs) I am not the most Stoic person in the world uh i wear my emotions like you mm-hmm. sit in the theater right, right. <laughs> it's, it's, right, right, it's here. right here right but his name was epictetus and what he said was paraphrasing right i can't talk like 2000 year ago speak you, you can't you can't, speak, um, you, can, you can't do the greek speak i can't i hardly <laughs> ever speak in greek uh naturally <laughs> but he said people don't make us happy People don't make us sad. People don't make us angry, frustrated, or afraid. We make ourselves happy, sad, angry, frustrated, or afraid in the way we respond to them. Once I got to a point where I realized that was true, completely changed my entire world, man. Yeah. And it I was prompted to do it because um, that girl who I told uh, I was going to come back and teach at our alma mater. Uh, she, surprise, surprise, is is my wife. And um, when we got married, she had just finished grad school. I had taken a year off after undergrad to work at Baptist Medical Center on their adolescent psychiatric unit. That was a blast. <laughs> um. <laughs> um and we went to Michigan for me to start graduate school, and it was Central Michigan University. It was a tiny um, town besides the university, right? Mm-hmm. And since I was black then too, um, <laughs> most of the comments I got uh, was typically, "Oh, are you on the football team? Are you? Oh no, I'm here. I'm in. You know, I'm going to be in this PhD program. You Should here. tell you are on the tennis you know. team. Uh, <laughs> actually, the hockey that would have been a really great." Yeah. Actually, okay. Be careful there because I love me some hockey. So I'm just you're the I'm only saying, one sitting at this table I, that does. I, I will not, I will not disrespect hockey. Uh, I love the idea of not having my front teeth. So um, I just like the
2: fights in hockey. It's the only sport where, you're like, finally they they can hash out their issues.
1: I find myself sitting in the stands saying guys, he didn't piss you off. You pissed yourself <laughs> off in the way you responded to him. <laughs> right? That's that's me. Happiness is a choice. It... it. <laughs> It totally is. We say that like it's a a funny thing and it is a funny thing because Mm -hmm. it's, but what's funny about it is it's funny that we don't realize that crap's true. So we're in Mount Pleasant. This is the environment. It's like the first year we're at this uh, little diner where it's a popular place in the town to have breakfast and so on and so forth. Um, And it was late in that first year that I was there. So it was early November in Michigan. Early November. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. snowing <laughs> right? already. Yeah. And hunters, right? Hunting season, oh, um, like rifle season mm-hmm. uh, opens. right? So we go uh, out to breakfast and there's a bunch of hunters coming in because they've been out now for, you know, four hours doing their thing. And we sit at this table and these guys, um, hunters, come in and sit at a table that's sort of right behind us right and uh and they start making comments right one of them it was well i was about to say the comment was relatively innocuous it wasn't um (laughs) but but he was like you notice how many like actually he didn't say how many black people he said you notice how many colored people have been showing up in the town lately and i was like oh Jim Crow? I mean, is it 1932? You know, so on and so forth. And so I heard that. I don't think my wife did. Um, I don't think she did. But that was the first comment. And then that changed from colored people to niggers. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it got louder, right, the comments. And my wife, I look over and she's, she ain't no joke, by the way. <laughs> and she's looking angry and she's looking frustrated and, and you start stretching you know, type of thing <laughs> exactly right like, she's getting, here we go she's getting stuff out <laughs> yep. getting ready right um and i'm like okay it does look like she's gonna say something or whatever we have to we've got to go how am i feeling at this point i'm terrified super sad super hurt I think if I dug down a little bit beneath the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the disappointment I think there was some anger too. The anger came later. I was too afraid and uncomfortable mm-hmm. to be angry at that point. But my wife's like, "No, we don't need to." I'm like, "Hey, let's go, right?" And so we walk out and I'm tearful and upset and you know. And my wife said, I hate that they can make you feel like this. What? Oh, my God, right? And that was the first time I thought about it in a real and practical way, right? Did I just make it so that they can make me feel some way, right? Because if I am giving them the responsibility for my emotional experience, Jesus, what a bad choice, right? What a poor choice for me to give them that power because they're not the ones I can trust with that power. Who can I trust with that power? Well, it starts with me. So what was I what was I sort of coming to realize at that point? It took me a while to really develop my understanding of what was going on there. But what I came to realize was I talked to me about that experience while it's going on. And I talked to me about it after it was going on. This is people say, oh, you talk to yourself. And I'm like, if you don't. That means you're not thinking and there is some evidence that you might not think. <laughs> but <laughs> why are you using left hand towards me? <laughs> Never trust the left hand. Never trust the left hand. It's always the right. It's always the right. You want to pay attention to perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. Our thinking is us talking to us. And so when we're doing that and we say stuff to ourselves that's bull Right. We say things to ourselves that aren't true, that are maladaptive, dysfunctional, unhelpful. Right. It's going to have a direct impact on the way we feel, the way we function and the way we respond to our world. And as soon as I realized, oh, my God, dude, the way I talk to me not only has an impact on the way I feel function and the way I respond, but it goes a long way in determining the way I feel, the way I function, the way I respond to my world. The sense of power that I got from that. And granted, fellas, it wasn't like within the next couple of days, you know, that I could mm. see those guys and be like, I am an nerd. I am <laughs> yeah. immune to your right. Um, but this is what developed over time this idea that people can't piss me off. Can I get pissed off? Sure pissed off is mine if i'm pissed off but you can't determine that i'm going to be pissed right why because like i i will be teaching in class and i would say this to students and and see the guys in the back i can piss you off (laughs) challenge accepted (laughs) i know and it's it's always funny uh too because especially college athletes um they've got like workout strength and you know, mm-hmm. athlete strength. And, and I'm like, you haven't developed your man strength yet. You're 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you come up here, you could get snapped, <laughs> right? Yep. And, and ha- I've got like dad strength, dude. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's real all over my body, not just in my, my abs that I pay yeah. attention to or my traps, you know? But anyway, uh, 20 so there's a of
2: pissed off rage in this hand. You <laughs> really want
1: that? Especially <laughs> the right hand, yeah. right? <laughs> Watch the right hand. <laughs> So th- I would give these, I would say these um, things in class, and I would often have guys uh, who would be like, uh, you know, you can get. And I go, okay, give me an example of how you might piss me off. And I swear, guys, at least once every semester, you'd have the same guy who looked pretty much, I, I wonder if it was the same guy, but <laughs> <laughs> looked exactly like the other guys. Just picture, uh, like, college soccer player. Mm-hmm. It's him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I go give me an example of how you could piss me off, right? And almost invariably, you have that guy go. I could come up and punch you in the face, <laughs> and I go, and that would piss me off. And he's like, Oh, I know what piss you off, right? And I go, Okay, so here I am, um an untenured assistant professor, only black professor. At the university, right? I'm standing in class and a student comes up and punches me in the face. What's going through my head? You're pissed. And I'm like, privilege. And I'm like, like, okay, so in reality, what I'm thinking is- I'm getting paid. (laughs) Was that was that wrong? <laughs> that would have been awesome. This school didn't. This school didn't have any money. Um, <laughs> what I and I tell them what I'm thinking is probably, oh crap, what just happened? Right? I'm untenured. I could end up losing my job. You know these. I know these entitled kids. Their parents are going to be up here in like two seconds. You know, going off on what ha- I'm gonna. You know what am I? What am I going to do? There's no way I'm going to get promoted. There's so what am I experiencing? I'm experiencing anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm experiencing worry, right? Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing probably some frustration, right? I haven't had time for any anger yet, right? Did his punching me in the face cause anxiety? Did his punching in my face cause worry? causation is a one-to-one relationship right if something causes something right gravity causes this to drop so if i drop it it's gonna fall it's not maybe gonna do a loop-de-loop and then go and stick to the wall it's not maybe gonna just stop in midair because i'm not david blaine Right? Even with David Blaine, it's not really stopping <laughs> it. It's an illusion, it's y'all. Uh, he's, he's don't, not, don't ruin he's not that for me. You. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he I'm went sorry. to the
2: American version of Hogwarts. I'm like here for truth. I'm here for truth. Yep, that doesn't
1: exist either. That's really unfortunate. See, you, you say that, that, but <laughs> even in the movies, the muggles don't know Hogwarts is there. Oh, that's a good point. I'm not a muggle, I'm a psychologist. Um, but. <laughs> You get these you get these students who don't realize that they experience stuff and then they talk to themselves right mm-hmm. um, actually I'm I'm sorry I keep looking at you no, now no, because I'm thinking hmm driving on the highway right and have either of you ever been? cut off on the highway before. Oh. Yeah, it, this this might be dangerous given uh your service orientation. But <laughs> <laughs> but um if you've ever been driving on the highway and been cut off before, right? And you had to like evade or you know step on the brakes or or so on and so forth mm-hmm. right and you think to yourself one right it's <laughs> not really one no you're, no yeah you're doing yeah. it, and it's a the t- one finger howdy yeah, yeah. The, exactly yeah. the one finger yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna use that word <laughs> I, I, promote, howdy, I, I just promote them like that like you've been promoted <laughs> yeah <laughs> right to, to one yeah so getting cut off in traffic like that does it piss you off right and I want us to think about <laughs> you already, yeah. you're already nodding. Yes. So, yeah. so.
2: I, I, th- I think it's because our expectations are higher than others. And Ooh. I'm not, when I, I, I expect like you that. to not cut me off and be a dick because you know, the rules of the road.
1: That's so funny. Expectations. What a great example. Expectations are demands. Expectations are demands. And when demands aren't met, we typically get really, really upset. Mm-hmm. And Instead of questioning our expectations, because sometimes those expectations might be bullshit in and of themselves. In fact, they often are bullshit. Because we haven't really thought about those uh, expectations and sort of evaluated them for if they're real or not. Expectations for candidates entering the fire service, for example. Their expectations are uninformed. This is what's happening when we have expectations of a dude driving on the highway who we've never met. We have no idea what's going on with them. Yet we have expectations of what their behavior will be and how they should respond the getting cut off on the highway thing, I think, is a great example because what do we say to ourselves? This asshole, right? Um, and you didn't call him an asshole. What did you call him?
2: Oh, I call him a motherfucker.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah. Look, he could have, right, so on yeah. and so forth. This is how we talk to us. And then we feel Angry, And I'm not making this up to make a point. And I'm not sure it's still true, but it was (laughs) certainly a little (laughs) bit ago. When I worked at Gratiot Community Hospital, one of the populations they would send to me were people who were in rehab, right? OTPT speech pathology after being involved in an uh, MVA, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, these are people who have had a stroke while driving, had a panic attack while driving, had a heart attack while driving, you know, had a seizure while driving, and ended up in a car accident, right? Um, And now they're in in rehab and physical rehab and speech path and OT, so on and so forth. And then they... uh, I would usually meet with each one of them at least once and some of them more than once. Right? So what's happening is I'm interacting with all these people who have been involved in motor vehicle accidents because of something completely out of their control for the first like eight years. I'm not kidding. After that, I'd be on the highway and I'd see someone drive erratically or cut me off and I have to like swerve. And my first thought is, Oh my God, I hope they're okay. My first thought is, I hope they're not having a heart attack while driving, a seizure while driving, a panic attack while driving, so on and so forth. Why? Because my experience, especially my recent experience at that point, directly impacted how I talked to me about being cut off. So being cut off on the highway, you guys just lied to me and said it pisses you off when actually it causes worry. So what the hell? It doesn't cause worry. I don't, I don't think I worry.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, so You it, probably don't. So you it, it talk depends. to yourself differently. But, you so say different stuff yeah, to you. But when, when you're it. talking, when you use an example of dri- being cut off on the highway, so there's a difference in, I'm cutting you off because I'm hauling ass and I'm a dick, to I'm having a medical emergency and how erratic their driving is.
1: Right. and There's you, a huge
2: difference in that.
1: Actually, tell me, um, the guy who cut you off, can you think of the last time, the person... The last time no, you I was were, on the way home. You were coming. <laughs> Today, this morning. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me about the guy who cut you off. What was he? What was he like? What was he a boxer guy or brief guy? Uh, what was his relationship like with his mom? I, know.
2: I just know that he had, really he had a big. <laughs> he had a big truck that was lifted, and he had the the the, so, the balls hanging down off the so trailer hitch. Yeah, he was that guy. Okay. So.
1: Don't make this hard for me
2: man. <laughs> because <laughs> I I think there, there it's are simple wait, there are circumstances
1: <laughs> under which <laughs> there are circumstances that can increase the likelihood that you will talk to yourself in ways that will lead you to feeling anger. Yeah. Balls yeah. hanging yeah. <laughs> off of the trailer hitch um, that might increase the likelihood of talking yourself in to yeah. yourself in ways that result but I, in That I also think anger. it goes
2: back to as a society we know that we we all agree, we to be a polite society we have a set of rules and laws. Yep. We as a society agree to those to wh- that way we're all polite. When somebody says "fuck off," I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. That causes a problem for the rest of people in society. It sure it's, does. It's Selfishness. Mm-hmm. You're as one way as they can get. True. And I'm sorry. My response is going to be anger because if I'm agreeing to it and you're agreeing to it and you are and. The other hundred people on the road are agreeing to it. Mm-hmm. What makes you special?
3: Okay. You're a
2: douchebag, and your tires need to get cut and you uh, shouldn't be allowed to drive. Anymore. <laughs> right. I hear you. I'm not going to go cut his tires or, or her tires or
1: whoever. Uh, sure. You're not. But- <laughs> um, I hear what you're saying. And by I hear what you're saying, uh, I mean, yeah, bro, that's still, that sounds good, but that's still not accurate. Here's why. Um, it's still a matter of expectation. And if you really thought about it, and I want you to do it right now, it's an exercise. I want you to think about what your expectation is. Are there people, and this is a separate question, are there people in the world who make bad choices? Oh, absolutely. Are there people in the world who do, uh, you called them a dick. Um, do, I don't really like that because it feels kind of anti-man. Dicks are cool. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um are there people in the world who act like dicks? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So you expect everyone to not act like a dick, even though you know there are dicks in the world.
2: I expect people to with respect.
1: Help me understand that. So you expect even the people who are dicks to act like not dicks? Absolutely. And that makes sense to you. I I will say to you, I will will say to you, I sometimes expect a duck, right, to do my typing for me during interviews. Nonetheless, my (laughs) expectation may not be met. This is what I mean by expectations. I expect... Something, And when I think it through, my expectations are going to be consistent with what I recognize as reality. I recognize in reality, there are sucky people out there, right? And there are going to be sucky people on the road sometimes. So when I see a person acting in a sucky way, I can acknowledge that's a sucky way to act. You're acting like a dick, okay? That's my expectation. Consistent with my expectation. Some people are going to act like dicks. So I'm not shocked by it when I see it. I also expect most people, because I actually am a romantic. I mentioned stoicism earlier, but (laughs) philosophically, honestly, I believe man in the state of nature is good, right? And I'm a romantic. I'm a functional utilitarian romantic. But i'm a romantic so i believe the majority of us out there are really cool people really really good people and the people driving on the road the majority of them are really cool people really good people but i also recognize there are to use your vernacular dicks on the road right so when i see someone acting like that it doesn't shock me. So the way I talk to me about it is not upsetting. It's not frustrating because it's consistent with my expectations. So I might say to myself, God, dude, it sucks that that guy's acting like that. I can handle sucks. Sucks is different from I am. Pissed off. Pissed off is gonna affect me. It's gonna affect how I drive. It's gonna affect how I respond Mm -hmm. to stimuli in the environment. It's gonna affect, we established earlier, how I respond when I go home, right? But acknowledging that's that guy's behavior sucks, right? That's consistent with my expectation, though, because I know there are people out there who act like dicks. This is all about me and how I talk. me if i allow me to talk me into feeling in ways that aren't cool aren't helpful aren't functional then i can only hold me responsible for that i can't point to the guy with the dangly balls on his trailer hitch and say he me off. In fact, next time you see that guy and he cuts you off, I want you to ask yourself he's totally not gonna do it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> would Dr. Would Dr. Saz be pissed off right now? Could this piss Dr. Saz off? Right? Now, don't ask yourself, no, might Dr. Saz get pissed off, because he might, right? Yeah. But it's not gonna be contingent upon what dude does. It's gonna be contingent upon how I talk to so, me so
2: ba- basically it's not that guy pissing you off it's that you're when you get mad it's because your expectations weren't met
1: um absolutely that's one of the reasons there can okay. be loads but yeah that's a. Ama- it sounded like that was what was going yeah. on yeah. with you and i say it sounds like that because well, you told us like explicitly have... that's, yeah. what it, yeah. <laughs> that's what it was well, in, well i mean, no,
0: that's the that's the problem that i have with uh a certain individual that's all over social media and how they are super hardcore and super hard charger mm-hmm. about stuff, and but it's constant negative self talk, and it's this like, okay, if you have to go to that place to motivate yourself, yeah, what what's Ooh, the what a great example. yeah, what's the positive benefit to that if you're always just being miserable? Oh,
1: this is so. We were talking about my youngest at home now he's mm-hmm. 17 about to start his senior year interested in fire service he's a track and field guy
3: mm-hmm. phenomenal
1: um and he was talking about how a lot of the guys on the team have been encouraging him to sort of basically talk crap about himself because it'll motivate you to achieve and he was like dad i'm 17 and that Sounds cool, but it seems something's wrong with it. Can we talk about this a little bit? You know, because he's also smarter than me, like his mom. He came from mom's loins. Um, And so we have a conversation about this, that exact thing, that idea that I'm motivated by anxiety. So I put everything off until the very end. Then I function at a really high level and get everything done. Or I'm really pissed off and that motivates me to, no, dude, that's just unfortunate ways of approaching things i love that you said negative self-talk um will make one thing clear uh as i respond to that comment positive and negative i think sometimes we think about those in useful ways sometimes in slightly less useful ways the way i like to think about positive and negative this will be a shocker as from a scientists clinical psychologists but i think about it in terms of a number line right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those numbers below zero are negative whoops from your perspective that would be (laughs) (laughs) i have to turn that little number line around (laughs) in my head and the positive numbers are on the other side of the zero at the end of the positive and the positive number line you know goes into affinity remember i have the little arrow at the Mm -hmm. end right at the end of that line is our goals, whatever we want to accomplish in life, however I want our interactions to be, um, any goal that you might have is at the end of the positive side of that number line. The negative side also has an arrow, (laughs) right? And it's pointing (laughs) infinitely away from those goals at the end of the positive side. So for me, negative talk, negative self-talk or negative thinking is anything that moves us Away from the goals and down into the negative numbers So anything that moves me away from my goals is negative anything that moves me towards my goal is Positive right? Positive means increased likelihood of goal attainment, right? So if I am saying things to myself that move me forward, right? It's positive if I say stuff to myself that moves me away from my goals, it's negative so if I say to myself God, my breath stinks, right? Is that negative? People go, oh, don't say such bad things about yourself. And I'm like, no, dude, that's positive because I'm going to be talking to two gentlemen really close (laughs) to them later. And I have a goal of presenting myself in not just a professional manner, but in a (laughs) well-kempt manner. You know what I'm saying? So acknowledging that my breath is bad, (laughs) I get to brush my teeth thus increasing the likelihood that I can present in a professional manner. So sometimes things we think sounds negative actually results in increased likelihood of goal attainment. So really it's positive. So when I tell people think positively, make positive comments, positive statements, what I'm really saying is a couple things. One, You have the presence of mind to have goals, (laughs) right? You have a goal for when I interact with you guys today, I have a goal. I had a goal when I walked in the door and that goal was to have positive interactions with you, right? For things to go well. And I also had a goal to have a little bit of fun, right? So everything that, that I do that increases the likelihood that that happens is positive. Anything I do that, decreases the likelihood that that happens is negative. So, for example, if while we were walking down the stairs, I turned around and pinched someone and then acted like I did. (laughs) Right? Had a big shoe print
0: in (laughs) his (laughs) back. Turnabout's fair play. Just do what I've seen uh, all the... All the memes that I've seen (laughs) lately is, uh, you know, the dad coming in and, like, throwing flour on the floor and then handing the flour bag to the kid. Yeah. And then the mom turning around and going,
1: man... (laughs) Yeah,
0: they did it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm
1: well, like, that's not cool. That could be positive though. If your <laughs> if your goal is to sabotage your relationship <laughs> with both your wife and child <laughs> at the same time, then well done, dad. Yeah. What a positive thing to do. And then oh, if mom wasn't if... mad, she just
2: kind of like, oh, it's a kid being a kid."
1: Right. Yeah, no. Remember I said <laughs> I like was kind of <laughs> <laughs> um, so i have a goal of not flour on the floor yeah. uh, so any i'll do things that increase the likelihood that that goal will be a cha- attained right so when i hear people talk about negative right <laughs> like that social media influencer who you were discussing um always taking this negative approach, the first thought that goes through my mind is, if that really is true, that's really unfortunate because that means this person is consistently, with a large platform, engaging in behavior and talk that decreases the likelihood of whatever goal might be attained. If doing a show, my goal is to somehow contribute to the well-being of the fire service or of law enforcement and I'm saying things that decrease the likelihood that that will occur, it's negative, period. If I'm saying things that increase the likelihood that that will occur, it's positive. A great example, I'm still thinking about you asking about (laughs) changes that have occurred because they really have been significant. And one of them just came to mind also um, because post-2020, the two Major events that occurred in 2020, including George Floyd, the George Floyd murder, and the COVID pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, both (laughs) hyper-politicized, right? So (laughs) both both of them became and remain Ooh, I want to hear your responses to this—they became and remain political topics. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. we can argue and say, uh, no, the pandemic is a community health concern, and the George Floyd incident is a law enforcement, you know, public safety concern. They both became and remain political Mm -hmm. topics, right? And so that directly impacted, guys, the quality of the candidates that I got, the nature of the candidates in both the fire service. And in law enforcement, it was more apparent in the law enforcement candidates because of the nature of the interview. But it was also, and you guys have probably seen it, it was also evident in my fire service candidates. It usually, I ended up, I always have a little section of the interview that has to do with current events, right? Mm -hmm. Give me your thoughts on what's going on in the country right now regarding blah, 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 (laughs) right? (laughs) So the masking mandate things, Uh right? (laughs) And- a number of fire services in our region had a lot of struggles with that because they had members who were like, and the answer is no. Right. And I'm like, dude, you're a paramedic. You wear a mask because there's blood. (laughs) You've done that before, you know, or so on and so forth. Or, uh, dude, why are you thinking you need to wear a mask? You're in a room by yourself. (laughs) So on and so forth. But you have people who then polarized on one side or or the other. And we'll have candidates come in, unfortunately, who were staunchly one way or staunchly the other when – that's negative. Why? Because it decreases the likelihood of attaining the goals of the fire service. Right. And that is to provide service and support to our communities while protecting our members. Right. So I had a candidate at one point and, uh, Guys, I've had some things occur in interviews before, but um, this was a first and it only happened one time. Think about the nature of the interviews. So, you know, I'm not going to be challenged directly mm-hmm. often in the context of an interview. So, this person says to me, I think the sort of current event, and this was uh, law enforcement, uh, I think the current event question uh, that I said to him, I said, um, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt because I remember saying, um, here's a couple of questions I'm sure you anticipated uh, would come up. So let's just dive into those. Give me your thoughts on what's going on in the country right now as it relates to the relationship between law enforcement and the community, but especially communities of color like that. <laughs> 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 and he goes. Did you go to any of those Black Lives Matter protests?
0: Not relevant.
1: Super relevant for the police psychologist, right? Because it's giving me insight into the way that he approaches things and the way that he thinks about things, right? Not germane. No, nope. I back up. You're accurate. Not relevant, but germane, right? Okay. So he asked me that. And I said to him, wow, unexpected question. <laughs> and I said, um, what do you think my answer would mean to you? Like psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> what would my answer mean to you? And he said, well, if you went to those protests, that would tell me that you hate police. And that would impact my answers. I don't think dude wanted to be a police officer for real. Because there were some other <laughs> aspects of the <laughs> testing in the interview that I was like, no bro we don't even need to do the interview for real but we're gonna do it out of respect right and he said because that would mean that you hate and i said oh that's really interesting because i'm super pro-law enforcement right in fact i'm so pro-law enforcement that i hate problem officers who misrepresent law enforcement in fact um I hate them so much that I don't want them involved in law enforcement because they are not representative (laughs) of law enforcement. And I'm super pro law enforcement. And he goes, that's really, because you wouldn't go to a protest if you were pro law enforcement. And I said, okay, this is inappropriate because you don't make fun of people in an interview, but I totally do. I said, (laughs) (laughs) I said, you can go to a, protest if you're pro law enforcement i mean it's in the name <laughs> 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 what name <laughs> and i didn't say protest <laughs> you know and but i said okay never mind we talked about some other things but that idea uh, was interesting to me and i had heard it loads of times outside um, because I do know some super pro-law enforcement people who in, who participated in the protests and they were like, we are protesting problem officers. These are people who are aware that problem officers and this is the case nationally, right? If you collapse across size of agency, whether it's a rural agency or a suburban agency or an urban uh, agency, so on and so forth, collapse across those variables. Problem officers make up on average between four and five Percent of the average agency, right? By the way, interestingly enough, in the fire service, it's the same percentage <laughs> as in law enforcement. Which I, I would have said uh, we're higher
0: because you know, but whatever. actually, problem. F- That's your expectations they, getting you again. They yeah, refer- yeah.
1: <laughs> Nicely done, brother. I like I like smart people who can maintain any, any new information. Um. So you get these people who have very poor expectations is, is really what's going on here. But it happens in uh, law enforcement and it also happens uh, in the fire, in the, in the fire service. Well, well, you've got me stuck on the expectation thing now. Sorry. Because- <laughs> no, no, no.
2: no. <laughs> I don't want to mess up your point because I think you're making a great point. Yeah. You don't even know what point I'm making. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. But I saw people
1: both uh, in interviews, of course, um, they would say things that intimated that, but they wouldn't challenge it directly. Outside of interview context, I, I heard it often, because in both the fire service and in uh, law enforcement, problem officers referred to in the literature as problem members in the fire service uh, make up on average between 4 and 5% of the average agency they're identified as problem officers and problem members because they account for more than 93% of civil complaints, civil liability and civil lawsuits. So you have about four and a half percent of officers and members out there accounting for more than 92% of civil complaints, civil liability and civil lawsuits. So this person who is pro law enforcement involved in a Protest and they're out there protesting law enforcement, they're out there protesting problem officers. That's their motivation. I'm thinking about a conversation I had with a buddy who ended up getting arrested uh, at a protest. (laughs) And, And he's a really, really good guy. If you guys met him, you would not put a foot on his back because you'd be like what this what a sweet guy I'm, I'm gonna let his pinch go <laughs> i'm not I'm right not, he's i'm not gonna a, kick anybody he's in the such back. a sweet guy you're
2: gonna see it coming
1: <laughs> okay now I'll give me some myself you that was well done um, <laughs> but he ended up getting arrested during a protest and uh he was i'll be honest he was mistreated it was really unfortunate the way that because obviously the majority of the officers who um, helped with the protests even when they became riot-like the vast majority of them in fact i'll go out on a limb and say i don't know around 95 to (laughs) 95.5 percent of them are just phenomenal individuals Mm-hmm. professionals members of the community and members of law enforcement and then there's about four and a half percent of them who suck who are that word that mm-hmm. you used earlier related to male genitalia mm-hmm. right because i'm not going to say dick on the recording you're good okay good. if i
2: need to, if i tell you if you need me to say a word just give me the oh <laughs> I'll, okay I'll, <laughs> I'll do that <laughs> uh,
1: because there are about four and a half percent of those members of law enforcement who are dicks right and They are the ones who are being responded to when we hear people say, law enforcement is being painted with a broad brush and everybody, people are focusing on those couple few who are doing stuff. And now as a result, they hate law enforcement. Unfortunately, also, my expectations are realistic, right? I also recognize that at those same protests are a lot of people who were just like, F the police, mm-hmm. the police. Period. Well, there's people one, that just want to cause one, trouble 100%. too. 100. And there are, there are always those people. There are that want to cause trouble. I was about to say there are always those also. And unfortunately, there, it doesn't take very many. Just like problem officers and problem members, yeah. it doesn't take very many. You, uh, One of the problem members that I ended up working with, this was about four years ago, five years ago, um, and I care about him. You know, he had developed um, a, uh, a habit uh, with Adderall. Uh, he had four different physicians uh, he had developed relationships with. Um, and guys, uh, are you ready for this? He was getting up to 600 milligrams uh, to 700 milligrams of Adderall a day wow. um, from three different physicians. And then there was one that he could, he admitted to me that for a minute he could get 900 milligrams a day of Adderall. But he was convinced that it, yes, <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> he was, a lot. cocaine is cheaper <laughs> at
1: that point. That that's a good
0: point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Probably more fun.
1: Doesn't last as long.
2: That's All true. Right. If he's got the time but, release ones. Yeah. Unless but, he was crushing them up and
1: Um, which he swore that he <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> but he had a he had a couple psychotic breaks, which you know um, is yeah. want to happen when mm-hmm. abusing Adderall to that uh degree. Um but working with him. He was a good guy. He was no longer a good member, but he was a a good guy. But it was causing problems for his brothers and sisters, um, of course, in the agency, significant, and causing problems for the community. He was a problem member. It probably cost that agency um, upwards of $800,000 to terminate him, right? Um, the cost is really significant. In fact, and this is recorded, so I better not just make up numbers. But I think it was twenty, uh, late twenty twenty, when the commissioner of police in New York City, New York City Police Department, it's kind of big. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, more Some, than, somewhat. I mean, more yeah. than thirty six thousand yeah. sworn officers, <laughs> more than nineteen thousand <laughs> civilian employees. Yeah, you know, few people. Yeah. yeah and one or two worked there and yeah. their their budget is substantial <laughs> isn't it isn't
2: it well over a billion
1: um not quite but really close right?
2: i thought it, i thought it was over a billion now like 2.5 be... something like that
1: yep okay so they were spending is it 2.5 2.4 um well over a billion yeah. dude well over two we'll call so, it two we'll just okay. round around it we'll round it, <laughs> we'll round it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um th- what they were spending um on problem officers uh, was somewhere upwards of like 200 million dollars i think the number was yeah. and for perpetuity let me say that number might be a little bit uh, low or a little bit high but it was astronomical and the yeah. response was those are operating costs what what are we gonna do? Those are you're you're going to have problem officers. You're going to have problem members. That's true. And there's these are no just,
3: yeah.
2: You're you're getting, They're gonna get in. There's no selection process
0: that is a hundred percent
1: minus.
3: Oh, I mean, right.
1: <laughs> true. So how, so how do you how do you fix it to get closer to
2: how do you, how do you fix it to get closer to a hundred percent? And what,
0: what was that term? The NASA funny you should not used uh the normalization of
1: deviancy yeah do you believe that that has occurred oh geez that's a whole new conversation okay before we dig into that
2: uh, we might have to take a pumper pause (laughs) crime in italy bro um
1: is are there ways to get there absolutely um do they also start with expectations Because, you know, I'm liking that term today. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Uh, What is my expectation when I go into the service? All right. Forgive me for getting um, slightly historically political. Right. The first uh, formal police department uh, in the country. Right. Um, Was NYPD. Like 1845. But that's the ones that are the way that we think of police departments now mm-hmm. right and they were called policemen because almost all of them were well no all of them were mm-hmm. men they were big they were burly because every arrest involved a can of whoop butt right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i would have Later- I, I said ask for you Oh man! I gotta, <laughs> See, <laughs> every 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 of us <laughs> knew uh, we were gonna have to open up a can of what's a wolf ass, right? Yeah. Uh, like every single, so it was clearly about, you know, mm-hmm. and, Ur, and, Ur, and Ur, mm-hmm. right, um, and that was, and then in the late 1800s, the first female officer By the way, uh, they weren't called police officers then; uh, they, they were policemen and police matrons. Did you guys know that?
0: I did not I know that. I didn't know that. It, funny
1: that. funny little t- tidbit, right? So that's the first one that is the way that we think of police officers now, or police departments now. But the first police forces were in the South, were started in the South. And their goal, their expectation, their raison d'etre, their actual reason for being, was slave control. That was their job, Right. Put down slave rebellions, make sure that slaves aren't trying to get away, make sure that I mean protection of property <laughs> literally was a, a primary uh aspect of the description. Uh and what was the property? People. The chattel, right? Mm-hmm. It was the people. So um it's true that this is where we where we sort of start, right? Um So when we have expect, what were their expectations then for for the job? They were kind of unfortunate, right? (laughs) Those Mm -hmm. expectations. The expectations now are different. The expectations, appropriate expectations, are that we are going that we have this service orientation, and our job is to serve the community in whatever ways are for the aggrandizement of the community, and that includes promoting safety. That includes kicking down doors, jumping fences, and uh, catching bad guys. Absolutely, but it also includes being mentors, Mm. setting great examples for the young people who see you in your uniform. There's, There's a term for that, and it's
2: one I happen to believe in. It's called customer
1: service. You're such a fire service guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Dig on it. You,
2: you go, how, how hard is it to I go I care about say my hi?
1: community. I care <laughs> about people. <laughs> Let me get you out of that fire. <laughs> Let me restart your heart. No, that's, <laughs> that's, no. That's, like, make sure
2: you write down your address before you leave for it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I ain't got no address.
1: <laughs> uh, and I don't like the term homeless. I like the term unhoused. Okay, so... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I'm not really unhoused, um, but I'm I'm not giving you my address. No, um, so no, we
2: I don't expect you to.
1: Okay, that was almost well done. Except you were making fun of me a little bit. You're making <laughs> fun of me. Turnabout's fair play. It is, but stop being a. A nice guy? <laughs> the button did not work. No, you,
3: you, hit, you, hit the wrong, wrong, you hit the wrong button. What's wrong with this? What's, what's wrong with this damn thing?
1: Right? So how do we get to a point where we can get that closer to 100? Right? Yeah. Uh Yeah, sure. We start by managing expectations. But um, my job um, is a pretty important part of that. And unfortunately, we do a really poor job nationally in both fire service and law enforcement, of doing my job in an appropriate manner. In fact, a lot of agencies who do my job um, don't do a very good job at all. In fact, if you guys think back a few years, uh, there's been mass shootings in the country before. Right. And uh, do you remember the one in Florida, the gay club, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where uh, that guy wasn't a member of law enforcement. He was a uh, armed security guard but that meant that he had gone through the vetting process and then had had a psychological pre-employment evaluation done and then he used his service pistol to go in and shoot what did he kill nine people was it like 18? I I'm. I want to say it was in the teens. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, um, and he went in and did that. So, of course, one of the first things, it's like, oh, this person is a member of an armed service. That means he had a psychological pre-employment evaluation done. Yes. Yes. So they get a hold of that uh, psychological pre-employment evaluation and they contact the psychologist whose name is stamped at the uh, bottom of the Uh, approval right Um, this person is suitable right Uh, this person is approved to move forward they contacted her and she said I'm sorry who I haven't worked for that agency I hadn't worked for that agency for six years before this guy had an assessment done what is my name doing there you noticed I purposefully and deliberately said the psychologist whose name was stamped right Mm -hmm. not the psychologist who signed it and that company does Hundreds of them a week, right? She literally had not worked for that agency for six years prior to his evaluation being done yet her name was stamped there we don't know what happened there we don't know if there was an interview if there was testing or so on and so forth so how do we get closer to that hundred by establishing a national standard of practice for how we carry out these what i do at my company in fact uh the name is changing soon from forensic psychology associates to madison because i'm arrogant about Mm -hmm. (laughs) madison src what does the src stand for scientifically sound responsible and culturally conscious Assessments. We have to do evaluations that are scientifically sound based in science. Guys, we've got this massive access to data science now, and we're like, oh, we don't need to use that for <laughs> you know, that's fine for designing, like, are you sure you aerodynamics don't want fire department? <laughs> of a car? You know, or so we instead, in addition, not instead, yeah. we still want to use data science yeah. for other shit, but um, we can apply data science to this work and making sure that what I am doing is based in science, right? Then responsible. There are standards that have been identified so far, right? Research that's been done trying to identify variables that increase the likelihood of positive outcomes in law enforcement and fire service. The responsible thing to do is to be aware of all of that research and integrate it into the assessments, the evaluations that you do. So we are responsible and we do that, right? And culturally conscious, the fact of the matter is we are biopsychosocial beings in this country and we are a country of immigrants and beautifully diverse, right? beautifully diverse, I might have a person who shares, or two people who share some cultural variables, they're both white, they're both male, and then every other cultural variable is different, right? And then we treat them the same because they're both white males. And it's like, oh, um, you're missing a lot. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, here's this one guy uh, who is a white male who grew up on the, this was a real example, Two interviews back to back. Um, white male grew up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan uh, <laughs> yeah. and not Manhattan, Kansas. I don't think- <laughs> Kansas has an Upper East Side. Um, joined, and this is another law enforcement example, both of them were. Uh, joined law enforcement um, because he was service oriented right, Uh, does not need the money. (laughs) 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 Great, great, great granddad took care of that, and he will never need the money. And he's, by the way, uh, he's been an officer for a couple years now, and he's fantastic. Um, But that was him and his experience. No, uh, like, religious affiliation uh, at all. Uh, Cis male, right? Everything just like you would anticipate, except... Here, where we are now, you would anticipate that he would have a Christian upbringing, so on and so forth. He did not. Uh, His family was, the way he described it, sort of a religious, right? Um, So he just didn't pay attention to that, and so on and so forth. There were all these things, but you know, um, he also owned a Bentley. He was like, I never drove it, and I'm moving to Kansas City. I'm not even
3: bringing (laughs) it. You know, (laughs) why not?
1: He, he doesn't know anything about Kansas
0: City. Um, but gonna need a car here. Yeah. You might not there, but you're gonna need one I don't know if I would. Oh, know he's how how got more a... than his he's got more than his Bentley. <laughs> you, I'm sure. Do
1: you really want to drive a Bentley? <laughs>
0: not with these potholes. Yeah.
1: Oh, good point, right? But he's from a place with snow. Well, it's neither here nor there. This is his cultural experience, right? And then the very next interview, uh, white male uh, from so rural. almost sub-rural Kansas, right? Uh, Southeast Kansas. Um, He literally said to me, people say this as a joke, but he said it for real. He said, I had a cow who was my best friend. And (laughs) we were friends for years and years, but I knew uh, that I was going to eat him at some point. (laughs) And it was funny. He's a really sweet guy. But he told me that story in response to the question, give me an example of a time you found yourself faced with an ethical dilemma. He's not wrong. I'm like, oh, but I grew up in the country. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I I get get it. it. Like, I hear you, bro. Um, (laughs) Listening to the two of them talk, those two interviews were so diametrically opposed. Amazing candidate from Upper East Side of Manhattan. Amazing candidate from sub-rural Kansas. They had nothing in common (laughs) except they were both fantastic candidates. They both met those variables that we had identified because we are scientifically sound. And there are 79 variables that I apply a score for. And they both scored wonderfully well, right? Um, All across domains. They were both fantastic. But there were significant differences in the way they responded in the interview. Imagine if I wasn't aware that cultural factors can have a significant impact on outcomes when interacting with members of the community, right? And I happen to grow up like the guy in New York. How would I look at The responses of the guy from rural Kansas or say, I grew up on a farm in rural Montana, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm interacting uh, with this gentleman from southeast, southwest Kansas, by the way. I keep saying southeast Kansas. He was uh, from out well south of like Hayes and uh, Salina and and stuff. But anyway, um, imagine if... I'm from there and then I'm interacting with this guy from New York and this is the stuff he's talking about and so on and so forth. The cultural uh, differences are so stark, but then people will look and say, oh, two white males, no cultural concerns at all in terms of differences. They're probably identical, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll look at me and they'll look at a guy from the neighborhood I grew up in and say, oh, they're probably culturally identical. In fact, they grew up in the same neighborhoods and the soil we were cultivated in is the same, right? We have grown to be culturally super different and we both might be awesome. Right. And we both might be super unsuitable. Maybe we'd make great bank presidents, but not a good member of the fire service. (laughs) Right. Right? So, and I know that this is a long-winded response. But We're I used
2: would... to it. We have James here normally. We're okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I hate the idea of
1: leaving with the idea that there aren't things that we can do to increase our proximity to that 100%. Because not only are there things, there are things that we have a responsibility to be doing. You see me throwing the R mm-hmm. from the SRC. Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility to be doing we have a responsibility to be better than that agency who did his pre-employment evaluation in florida right and if we do these things in ways that are scientifically just about the money culturally conscious and responsible that'll come right and our communities will be better off and so will our agencies Mm -hmm. i do this advocating for our agencies because our agencies represent care of the community right if my fire departments don't have any resources and they have people who are
2: I'm not sure which one he's going we're going dick we're going yeah, asshole yeah. <laughs> <Right>. either, <laughs> or the
3: either
1: one and probably it would be more appropriate for us to say I, I like people who work like, people yeah. who work <laughs> You want dick or asshole? <laughs> uh, that's an <laughs> interesting combination. Um, if our agencies have people who are unsuitable <laughs> for the fire service, that's then we can see immediately that would be detrimental for our agencies. But what that means for the community is also just as direct. That means it's going to be detrimental for our communities, right? So, um, We engage in work that is scientifically sound, culturally conscious, and responsible. And we do that in a way that's consistent across the country. Guys, people who sell real estate have a national standard of practice for how they have (laughs) to do things and maintain their work. We, they're like, hey, guys, you got go out there, you know. Find some good people. I just do what I do. I do what I do. <laughs> Our agencies that we follow, um, the international agencies that uh, govern law enforcement, that govern, govern uh, fire service, they all have standards. You know, you get on, you can mm-hmm. see uh, standards. None of them are mandated. By the way, there are no mandates behind those uh, standards. International Association of Chiefs of Police, for example, they put out these... I mean, it's a huge document about carrying out psychological pre-employment evaluations. And at some point, they mention cultural competence. Uh, Mike, somewhere. Um, <laughs> so it's funny, <laughs> but, funny you say but, that. But there's no mandate, though. Yeah, it's So a guy can still take someone out for coffee and have a conversation and say, I think you're good to go. You don't seem psychologically messed up. I think you're fine. Right. Go be a police officer. Go be a firefighter. So I was
2: reading for one of my classes.
1: Excellent. And reading (laughs) is fundamental.
2: Yes. I I, I, I do like to read. (laughs) So it's, it's chief officer tips for an outstanding reputation is what this little box is. Build a solid experience base, starting at the lowest level, moving up through the ranks. and small organizations, the chief may have to help out and therefore to still be skilled in basic emergency tasks.
1: These are just tips.
2: <laughs> now, I do agree with that. I do think as a, if you're going to lead a department, you should be able to do yes. the basic stuff.
1: I'm wondering why we have to say that, but go on. So
2: then take advantage of every opportunity to learn the skills and knowledge on the, of the job through hands-on experience and training. Keeping the best physical Mm -hmm. shape possible. This includes strength, aerobic fitness, and body weight within recommended limits. Even if the chief officer no longer has to perform physical skills, fitness is a great idea for leading by example. Acquire a Mm -hmm. a formal education, especially through programs that lead to an associate's or bachelor's degree in fire science, administration management, or other job-related areas. Stay up to date by attending seminars and conferences, by reading FES government and management periodicals, Read local newspapers and publications. For influential organizations, be familiar with all controversial issues in the community, not just those that relate to FES. Visit (laughs) other FES organizations and learn from their ideas. Have high personal and professional standards for ethics and morality. If appointed to a top position, choose your initial proposed changes carefully. Choose only those changes that are certain to succeed. It's very important to start out as a winner. Last but perhaps most important, lead by example. i i think those uh, i think there's some good advice in there but overall where's my standards where's my expectations very good where what's gonna yeah i can lead by example that doesn't mean you're going to follow
1: absolutely not and unfortunately it also doesn't mean that the type of leadership that you're providing um is going to increase the likelihood of uh, positive outcomes so that The entire thing, I'll say, sounded pretty darn good. Actually, the second to the last thing, I'm like, well... That's not something you can even really uh, define. I, I I want things to be operationally defined so that like c- it's observable, measurable, and and repeatable. Mm-hmm. And I want the things to be um, attainable. Select only things that are going to be successful because winners win. Um, that was either the last thing or, there's, the, there's second or last the second the to yeah. the last thing. I, 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 I read was... that box
2: five times and I and each time I had the same response. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. Don't take risks. Don't do things that's going to improve yeah, the job if it might fail. Yeah. It, you, right. you keep the status quo. Don't don't rock the boat.
1: It's kind of what they're saying. And that's really, really unfortunate. Do the basic. Right. Do the basics. Yeah. Now, before we disparage this too much, we do want to give props to individuals who are <laughs> trying to establish standards for how we can go about doing this in an effective and and um successful manner that's not establishing standards like you pointed out that's tips right there are tips wouldn't it be great if there really were standards that have been demonstrated to be associated with positive outcomes i want you to do this In this way, because it results in an increased likelihood of goal attainment, more lives are saved, fewer members of the fire service are engaging in self-harming behaviors, whether that's literal self-harm or suicide Mm -hmm. or uh, substance abuse, which, of course, we know is a significant concern in the fire service Mm -hmm. um, or any other type of self-harm harm, if there's something that we can do that research has demonstrated has been effective in decreasing that, then that becomes a standard, right? Not just a tip, right? But a standard of practice. You guys have standards of practice, right? Mm, That are typically at least region Wide, Some of them aren't necessarily national because there are differences depending Mm -hmm. on where you are in the nation and and so on and so forth. But when you think about standards of practice, right, you have standards of practice. In my field, in doing this um, psychological pre-employment evaluations, we have no national standard of practice at all. I can literally do whatever the hell I want. And what I want to do is to do work that is scientifically sound, culturally conscious, and responsible so that I can advocate for my law enforcement agencies, my fire service agencies, my government agencies, so that I can advocate for my community. Right?
0: You mean like it's all connected?
1: Like it's almost (laughs) like it's (laughs) all connected. (laughs) I think I saw a movie about that. (laughs) I wish I knew a quote from it. Which, which movie? We might have one. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. I should have pushed the button. <laughs> you got to tell us the movie first. Got to be a which movie one, which button. One are you thinking? Yeah, but we can. I I honestly believe that we can get closer to that hundred percent. Oh, I fully totally agree. And I'm with doing you. everything that I can to increase the. Oh, just one more thing, really quick, and this has changed to The quality of, yeah, and I'm just saying it flat out. The quality of candidates that I get. Uh, for law enforcement and fire service have changed, and not for the better. Uh, Mm -hmm. Recently, uh, there's been a dearth of really good public safety uh, candidates um, that's been more stark in law enforcement than in the fire service. Um, But there has been um, a change, and that's really, really unfortunate. But we can't change our standards for who we bring in. Thank what you. the big n- change that I've noticed is, in order to come to me, it is medical, right? Mm-hmm. So in order for it to get to me, there has to be a conditional offer on the table, right? Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, right? Um, there has to be a conditional offer on the table. So the agency has to have said, yeah, I think you're good to go, <laughs> right? Nonetheless. Um, the not recommended rate um, has increased over the last four years by about an additional 8%, right, in my work. Unfortunately, in a lot of agencies, you've seen no change in the not recommended rate, despite the significant change in the candidate pool and the quality of candidates.
2: Hmm. Does that does that drop dropping goes back to dropping of standards? Yes, sir. It really does. You got to have high, for for the professions we're talking about. You got to have high standards.
1: You only have to have high
2: standards if you care about the community
1: at all, <laughs> and if you care <laughs> if you care about outcomes, like if you care about the no, community. No wonder I,
2: I get angry all the time. <laughs> right? you know, I make myself angry because I have high expectations and standards of people, and they don't, and they fail to meet it consistently.
1: <laughs> Damn, brother. <laughs> See, I learn, I learn, I listen. Multiple exposures to the same information over an extended period of time results in learning. Yeah. And honestly, with the
2: two degrees I have in this one, I've read some of the same books. Oh, and it fucking right. irritating! It's irritating. I'm like, I just
1: read this book. This, I gotta read it again. I might have to say it again. Multiple exposures to <laughs> the same information over an extended period of time increases maintenance of learning. I don't, I don't so, I really don't mind
2: reading the same book.
0: So do you I think? Thought. Here's a question that I have because it seems to me, and from my observation, at least on the fire side, a lot of the new people that we're getting in. They don't really view it as a career. It's a job that they're going to come do. they're going
1: to do for a while. Yeah.
0: And then they're going to be gone
1: in a couple years. Okay. I don't think I have... So I want to let you know that my answer to this is just going to be anecdotal. Because mm-hmm. I... That's an awesome question. I have not collected any data on it at all, so I feel remiss and you're like, where's that scientifically sound part <laughs> you want, of your work,
2: jerk? D- does he does he need to text it to you that way you can start collecting data and research that
1: so uh, no, normal seri- people seri- serious question n- normal people require multiple exposures to the same information <laughs> over a period of time? Some of us don't <laughs> I, talk about some arrogance. Wow! Did you say talk about Saz? What did you say? Yeah, I, I, that's exactly. What I said. I, well, I, I actually said Doctor Saz. That's my favorite. Okay. That's. Real. Did you have a comment or a question?
2: Nope. <laughs> nope. He says, no. he's loving this part. He's like, I I'm, gotta do shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> These right. guys got it. I really,
1: I really do, uh, do like that, and that's a. Really good question. I was being honest when I said I haven't collected data on it, and it is something that's really important to look at. Um, So, this is going to sound weak, but I promise it goes somewhere in the interviews. So, I'll say um, something to the effect of characterize for me your overall personal and professional goals. Where do you hope your career goes from here? Right. And so, you'll, and answer you'll hear often is typically relates to if they want to continue to go out on on calls they want to remain on the rig they want to remain in the ambulance right um versus going to admin Right. Or if they're going to admin level, I'm going to be a BC, you know, but I'm going to be one of those BCs who's out there and, you know, Mm -hmm. and and so on and so forth. And I'm like, so you're going to be at a, at least a moderate to small agency, (laughs) you know, and so on and so forth. Right. Um, Or I'm going to stay a captain because BCs make less money because they can't do overtime, (laughs) You (laughs) you know, so on and so forth. But you hear people. You don't hear people talking that specifically about it often because remember, a lot of these are new candidates and unless there's, it's a lateral movement, they don't even necessarily know about that stuff. But I think if I'm going to answer anecdotally from my experience recently, I think maybe there has been less mention of that level of moving forward in the and I've heard people saying things like, I want to be the best firefighter I can and explore my options and and look at all the opportunities that the agency has to offer and wow. Okay, obviously I'm thinking about this as yeah. I'm talking about it. And my theory is that if I were to look into that my theory is that there's likely at least been some change regarding that question and i'm really curious um did things you've observed prompt oh, that?
0: yeah question? i mean mm-hmm. anecdotally like because we've been on almost 19 years right
1: That's so awesome Thank and you for your service. whenever <laughs> i would say i, okay, I, I got this thing on yeah. <laughs> excellent because i can't it, your yeah, by. Get, it <laughs>
2: okay okay
0: it leads to a point <laughs> so brag 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 <laughs> point <yes>. yeah point <laughs>
2: Uh, I think he picked it up somewhere in this last two hours. Yeah, I'm just not sure where. I'll think about this. <laughs> so, with all due respect, Doc. <laughs> oh, not at all, sir. Not at all. No respect at <laughs> all.
0: Anyway, for the first like I would say ten years of our career, we really didn't see unless somebody was injured and mm-hmm. couldn't physically do the job anymore or. Like you had the rare every now and then somebody's spouse would get a job somewhere else. So they would move. Right. Right. You didn't see people leaving before they got their 25 years or their 32 years or whatever. Right. And, and I would say, especially in the past five years, it started even before COVID. You see people with two years on a year on five years on seven years and They're leaving. They're going to another agency or they're out of the career field completely. And Mm -hmm. I mean, from an operational standpoint, that's part of why a lot of fire departments are so short staffed now. And struggling. It it takes so long to train somebody up to Mm -hmm. replace that five-year person. Yes. And then that person, well, if they leave in five years, well, then what are you doing?
1: Right. Right. Well, and then you get to
0: you start thinking about the promotional processes and things. So your leadership—absolutely, what I was thinking—who's going to have enough time to even take the captain's test,
3: or right. even take? You
1: know, yeah. Um, you mentioned the promotions part, and as you were talking, obviously, I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing in this process uh, to address some of those concerns? Because I'd like to be able to say. Please feel better, Jeremy. But what came to mind was during the promotions uh, evaluations, which I love the promotions evaluations, because think about it from my perspective, right? Um, if I'm doing a pre-employment uh, fire service evaluation, if I'm doing a fitness for duty uh, evaluation, obviously I'll do a lot of those too. There are two primary questions. Are there any psychological, emotional, behavioral, or functional concerns that would interfere with this candidate's ability to carry out the responsibilities of the position, carry out the responsibilities of the fire service? It's kind of a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. That's the primary question in pre-employment and fitness for duty evaluations. The sort of secondary question is, does this candidate possess the suitability characteristics? Strength, right? Suitability characteristics that have been associated with successful outcomes in the fire service. That's the scientifically sound part, right? Because uh, we can't answer that question if we don't have data to back it up. I think guys who are really nice end up making great firefighters and they <laughs> make it to retirement and they do a great job and they're happy, healthy, and functional at the end, right? <laughs> we, we can't make comments like that about any specific variable unless we have data to back it up. So that's yeah. me sandbagging a little bit because <laughs> I'm like, I don't have any data to help, yeah me with this really important question that he has right but i do during the uh promotions uh interview right um i do ask gosh this sounds so weak now i swear to god i'm changing it today (laughs) There there are two questions where i say where what are some changes that you see that are needed in the agency that you want to be a part of implementing right and it's at that question, and you'll see why it's pertinent, right? Um, it's at that question that I get, "Oh, um, we are having problem with recruitment. We're having problem with maintaining, right? Mm-hmm. So maintenance and l- decreasing churn, When have you ever heard the term churn" used in fire service agencies? But now it's becoming a thing that's interesting. Uh, because, you know, I started out my response to this with I don't have data to back up. But there have been a number of things. In fact, I did read something where they applied that term, churn,
3: mm-hmm.
1: to fire agencies. And you're right. That wasn't usually the case. Yeah, Churn would look different in a fire agency than it would from, you know, I don't know, like a bank job or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Their churn is going to be, you know, yeah. um, six months a year and a half you know so on and so forth so maybe the churn looks like two years or four years but that's really different from this person has 30 years on right this person's retiring at 27 years this per, you know so on and so forth so what i'm what i'm saying is i hear people acknowledging In the promotions process, acknowledging awareness of that as a concern, maintaining, right? yeah, Um, And not just recruiting, but but maintaining and recognizing how the impact that that has on the agency overall when there's that churn, when there's that turnover. And then you can always tell when I don't have data on something because I say more about it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: just use big words it'll confuse us I'm perfectly
3: I perfectly accept
2: the answer of I don't know I don't have the data no brother
1: I think that's all well, <laughs> next <laughs> <laughs> There is nothing that I don't know. Um, <laughs> except for the Because <laughs> <except for it. laughs> Gosh darn it. I have no data to back it up. Yeah.
0: Well, but think um, about it, It's and, such a recent thing. Like you said, it's new. It's a recent thing. It's not like there's going to be, you're going to have years of empirical data right? on it. And um, it's been researched and all this stuff.
1: Look at the yeah. service oriented. That's really sweet. I feel much better. Thanks, you. <laughs> I was it's okay, for... Dr. <laughs> says. I was asking for an anecdotal. <laughs> No, um, but I think clearly that's a significant uh, concern, especially if our goal is the same, right? To increase the function of the fire service mm-hmm. and the departments if we're experiencing this turn. And so we can't really our training sort of stagnates right yeah. because you get a person trained to a certain level and then they go and you have to start again yeah you know and they only so at some point that sort of pinnacle of training is going to slowly decrease right mm-hmm. because the churn will be literally turning it down yeah so we want to get that spun back up Right, yeah. we definitely want to get that spun back up because uh, that hundred percent you were talking about earlier—that's also adversely impacted by that, right? So after people get in, and that's another big challenge that people in my line of work have, and this is the case with fire service and with law enforcement also. Guys, for the most part, for most of my agencies, and that's like I said, about fifty agencies and then four federal agencies for the vast majority of them. I have background data and, you know, polygraph and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, And then I do my testing, which probably takes them about four, four and a half hours or so. And then I do my interview and for the vast majority of them, that's it. I don't see them anymore. So I have all these data, literally thousands of data points, on thousands of candidates talk about moving toward big data and how data science could really help us here, right? Thousands of candidates, thousands of data points per candidate, and it stops at my recommendation. (laughs) So this person might go to the Academy, right? um, Receive more commendations (laughs) than anybody in the history of that Academy. Right. And then end up getting promoted faster than, right. Mm -hmm. Or, I might recommend that they move forward and they wash out in the academy, right? And I have no idea. Or during the academy, uh, you know, they're written up five times. And then uh, during field training, you know, they can zoom past everything because they're amazing. Or they wash out in field training. And I just don't know. <laughs> and yeah. for, for the majority of them, I, so when we talk about outcomes, that's all after, the recommendation so we it's important that we start integrating those data yeah right because the goal my goal for every member of the fire service right is not necessarily about what they're doing every day because my goal has to do with your retirement and my goal is that you will make it to retirement <laughs> first of all yeah. but that you will do it happy healthy, and functional, that you will be in a great way when you retire, right? So everything that I can do to increase the likelihood that that occurs, it's important and I feel a responsibility to do that as a professional from pre-employment all the way through that retirement after 34 years. So how do
0: you bridge that gap? How do you get those data points? And what does that look like?
1: It looks hard, it's what it looks like. Um, because, I mean, you guys know how uh, insular law enforcement services, how mm-hmm. insular um, the fire service is, right? Um, and people like to keep things close to the vest, <laughs> <laughs> right? <clears throat> and mostly it's because of uh, risk management, and it's for fear. Of those data, those information, that those bits of information getting out, as it were. In fact, you often hear people say, "If you're not in with the fire service, first of all, nobody's going to talk to you, right?" Mm-hmm. And one of the first questions I often get is, "Were you a firefighter?" <laughs> it's like, because you don't know, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I've 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 heard that unfortunate uh, thing before." Right. were you a police officer or I hear people go I was a police officer and so I know right? and they really believe that and the people they're talking to often uh, believe that too mm-hmm. and it's really unfortunate in fact I was at I won't say what agency um, and they had another psychologist there I wasn't doing the talk the other psychologist was um, and that psychologist pointed out how important it was that members of the agency maintain their relationships with other members of the agency, or at least other members of the fire service, because they are the people who will understand you. And a member of the fire service raised his hand, and he said, yeah it's frustrating for me and i would love some advice on how to deal with this my uh closest friend from high school and then we went to college together we studied different things though i did fire service i can't remember everything he said but he said we studied different things i did fire service and he was like but you know we just don't have anything in common anymore and he's always trying to call and and so on and so forth and she was like that's when you call other you know call your brothers and sisters in the fire service they've dealt with this too they've dealt with people not understanding you know the work that they do and the things they see and i'm sitting there going what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> did she just tell him to break off all his relationships with people outside of the fire service and he was like yeah that's you know i i hear what you're saying and so i couldn't sit still I was a member of the audience, but I stood up and commented on it because I was like, "Yeah, so human uh, connection and human relationships is what's important, and if you have this lifelong friendship, that's probably going to be a really important friendship for you to maintain." And you know, I, and then talked about that a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. but because it's so insular, how do I get those data? When I talk to agencies, they're like, "Um, yeah, we don't." you know, I'm not sure it's legal to give. Oh, there are no <laughs> laws that are. Oh, okay. So we're going to talk to some people and, you know, um, because we want to protect the privacy of, Oh, everything's anonymized. There's, you know, we'll get, ba- we'll get back with you. And then some agencies are just like, Oh, we would never share that information. I mean, I'm, I literally had a person who was responsible saying this was not at a small agency. If we shared that information with you, you could learn like all the trouble they've been into. Then what would happen if they tried to get a job somewhere else?
0: Uh, duh. All the trouble
1: they've gotten into would count against them and <laughs> would increase the likelihood that the agency and the community would get a really good candidate. <laughs> literally, what? literally said explicitly, we won't share that information because all the problems they've had could have an in-person... uh, unfortunate impact on their likelihood of getting employed somewhere else, which is literally the point. It's hard, is my response. How do I do it, and what does it look like? It's hard. But it would be much more likely to get towards that 100%. Yeah, If Mm -hmm. we could do this from start to finish.
0: And you could keep those problem officers or problem firefighters from just Agency jumping. Which
1: you do realize is a thing. Yeah, right. Um, I didn't comment on it directly because I already admitted to you, I have no data on it. Yeah. But intuitively, we'd recognize oh, that's part of this churn. Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. People get in trouble and they're like, oh, <clears throat> I've gotten, you know, in trouble three times here. There's no way I'm getting promoted here i'm going somewhere else yeah and that's for ones who are thinking about staying in the fire service and getting promoted or even thinking about that yeah you know so um it's important this is why uh my agency is becoming really it's becoming a data science agency right it's about assessment because i want when you call someone for backup when someone responds to a call with you I want you to be super confident in who that person is who yeah. comes if you're on a rig together and there's someone sitting next to you I want you to be like I'm glad Dr. Sass sent this person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Well, and that's the goal. That's the and you know we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but there's a certain level of trust and to not yes, not understated or overstated or however you want to say it, but this is a life safety job and oh, yes. at any time he could be responsible for whether or not I live or die
1: yes sir absolutely true oh that's why was so cute. <laughs> he, he was literally I could read his thoughts there and he was like dude was I got so, your back yeah <laughs>
3: Yeah, no that was the one, best year of the print. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He, what he was thinking was there only a eight, size eleven and a half. That that'll be only seven more spots till I get a spot. That's right?
1: Oh, gee, Wilkes, are you counting the spots until you complete? We'll explain to you later. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for, for that question, yeah. and uh, it really is, I keep saying, you notice how many times I've said it over and over again, I made a joke saying, I don't need to make a note yeah. about it, when in reality, it would be best for to know about <Yeah>. it.
2: <laughs> just
1: go back and watch the
2: podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah. yeah, I meant to think about that some more, right? Uh, but this I, mean, is-
2: I, I do think the more data we have on things, especially with what you're doing we can improve both the law enforcement from locally to federally absolutely. And the fire yeah. service and maybe because of course to get the uh, uh, national standard you have to make a really good argument and use small words for political figures
1: Gosh. <laughs> I do I do like <laughs> I'm intimidated by smart people but I do like you guys too <laughs> um, so one of um the big challenges, it's funny, I don't mention, I actually have a little splash page up uh, for Madison SRC. Um, you could literally just go to com and read my little description of what I'm planning to do with this, right? And what reminded me of that was you were like change outcomes from locally <laughs> through federally. And I'm yeah. like, I literally think I say that shit on the website. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's, that's real, real good. Um, but the fact of the matter is we it is important that we figure out a way to establish that. And you're right. It's going to have political implications. Oh, absolutely. I don't mention on the website, but in my head I'm already thinking um, we will Likely have to have people involved in the agency whose specific job it is to lo- to politics. <clears throat> yeah, politics. <clears> yeah. <throat> <clears throat> lobby <laughs> right yeah. you, you're like don't say lobby yeah. just yeah. say politics, politics. <laughs> <laughs> you got a politic we'll have to have way to say it. Yeah. we'll have to have a politicist <laughs> yes <laughs> a politic <laughs> i like it <laughs> <laughs> who work who works with us because you're absolutely correct um there will have to be uh sort of legislative mm-hmm. types of types of changes um agencies are required to have certain levels of of insurance for example i'm required to have certain levels legally of of malpractice Insurance, for example, I'm required uh, to be licensed. I'm required uh, to have certain levels of continuing education, uh, so on and so forth. I am required because those are national standards. There are state standards, but there are national standards that those state standards must meet. And then the state that you're licensed in can add additional standards. Without them, you lose your license. I can do whatever the hell I want. When I'm vetting candidates for fire service and law enforcement, why is that? Okay. It seems to me. That this is something that, so what is my goal? My goal then is to establish that national standard of practice. How do I do that? First of all, I do it by demonstrating how much more effective it is to do work that is scientifically sound, culturally conscious and responsible. Look at the outcomes it's resulted in your agency and look at the impact it's had on your community so that I can say guys see see mm-hmm. how good it is to follow these standards now let's make this national so that everyone can benefit from these outcomes and our agencies can function better right and our communities can benefit from those agencies increased level of function and we don't want that just for our region, which I'm doing the best I can to make that happen, right? But we want that nationally.
2: But you gotta start somewhere.
1: You've gotta start
2: somewhere. So right? First step of a mountain is the first step. <laughs> I, I dumbed it down, sorry. <laughs> I dumbed it down.
1: That was really sweet. My first my my initial response was oh that yeah. was sometimes you gotta that first first step actually (laughs) watch my right hand (laughs) oh man no that's good was that our lull has it been seven minutes did we just have a seven minute lull I heard no I don't think we've had a (sighs) oh man (laughs) his, <laughs> i thought that happened after seven minutes have we yeah. been talking seven minutes i think it feels like seven minutes. all right like eight and a half. Eight and uh, a
0: half, uh, half minutes two hours and 17 minutes get out yeah yeah no,
1: it's, you, it's you guys are like chatty kathy's
0: <laughs> <laughs> you made you made it easy let's
2: be honest this, this is we had a lot of fun yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I've, oh I've that's not, I'm not
1: sure that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure oh, that's um, good at all. I was wanting you to leave in awe.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'd rather have fun. I learn more when I
2: laugh, and it's a good conversation. I really do. I
1: think you're absolutely right. In fact, I'll be honest and say, um, you know, I was having one of my psychologists who do uh, some work for me. Um, she's starting to um, do some of the pre-employment evaluations right um, for me. And so when I have someone do that, of course, I have them sit in on me doing interviews, right? Um, We go over the testing together. They see how I identify everything. And I have these worksheets with literally that 79 variables on them. I'm kind of old school. Um, On my iPad, i open it up to that worksheet and i literally circle things that are concerned and i put an <laughs> h for high by things that are good or an l by low then i look visual and i'm like damn no <laughs> you know or, or yay you know so on and so forth so anyway i had this most recent doctor sitting in and watching and at the end she was like you just seemed like you were having fun and having a conversation." right with and i'm like quite purposefully and deliberately right Mm -hmm. i can be really formal Mm -hmm. okay i can be really formal (laughs) um but i choose not to be during those and let me tell you just i promise super fast why i had an agency fire agency contact me literally not three weeks ago going (laughs) i've told this agency it's a small um unified agency uh and uh, like three counties, still really low population, but still, uh, this person not recommended. And and it was not like no, it was like Mm-mm. Yeah. you know type you are not suitable for the fire service at this time, right? Uh, maybe you will change everything about yourself and become maybe you, you know mature a little bit suitable like later. See, we'll mention it if those concerns might be mitigated through maturation, experience, exposure to incumbents, exposure to training, so on and so forth. This was not the case, right? Um, This person was not suitable for the fire service. So a couple weeks after, and this was a few weeks ago now, um, the agency contacts Rachel, my operations person, and it's like, um, that candidate wants to talk to Dr. Madison. No, (laughs) No, that's not appropriate. First of all, those data, um, I no longer have privilege except for research purposes. So there's no name, you know, Mm -hmm. associated, blah, blah, blah. I can use it for that. But those data belong to the agency. Those belong to you now. You are responsible for disseminating them if you choose, right? So if you want to say, hey, this is what it looked like, that's on. uh, We don't want to talk to him about it. We told him he can call your we give you permission to talk to him about the outcome. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, so yeah, still that's an absolute no. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not the way that this that's not the way that this is done, and that's and that's not appropriate. Um nonetheless, that agency was like, We wanna sort of wash our our hands of it and, and that guy was like, You're gonna tell me why I was not recommended. You know. <laughs> uh- reason one (laughs) exactly and by the way uh incredibly high scores on uh impulsivity low scores on uh, on self-control high scores on hostility low scores on anger management actually with high scores on anger management concerns you know so on and so forth manipulative aggression and physical aggression scores were both (laughs) really really high right (coughs) And overall, well-being and demoralization scores were really uh, high on demoralization and overall well-being scores really low. I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, this is. <laughs> That's this not is a no.
0: That's an oh, really. hell no.
1: Exactly, right? And again, I ask myself that question. Do I want this individual to be who responds sitting next to you on the rig when you're entering a structure? you know is that who i want to be there and the answer is no Makes sense mm-hmm.
0: makes perfect sense yep full agreement
1: yeah
2: i like full agreement i, I kind of want to go work there part-time <laughs> and learn more <laughs> <laughs>
1: so but i, but I don't, don't want to get a phd <laughs> right so you couldn't <laughs> do that part but remember the majority the majority of things that we do besides the fitness for duty evaluations and pre-employment evaluations I have master's level people doing, right? Uh, counselor uh, level people. Yeah. And all you have to do is get um, licensed and you don't have to have a specific degree to get licensed. Um, in Missouri, um, you can get a counseling license Yep, I think it is. Any of know. the below PhD level stuff, like, oh, there it is,
0: there it is. So if you're one of the peons, uh, I just, I, no, you're gonna have to figure that out on your, on because your own. Because I
1: have really good master's level people who do <laughs> great work uh, for me, but often it ends up being, you know, with safeguards and you know, uh, management referred <laughs> counseling things and and so on and so forth. Um, And it's interesting because uh, having people with just really, really good practical approaches to how to navigate this, feel effectively, being aware of concerns related to mental health and overall functioning, those are the best people to have doing this work. So I have one firefighter who uh, will do every now and then He'll have time to see, uh, someone, uh, and actually he's a retired firefighter. He, uh, got hurt, uh, and can no longer practice, but, uh, he does some counseling work and he's just awesome because he knows he's only going to see this person one, two maybe three times if it's a stretch so his approach is very sort of life coach almost Mm -hmm. uh, type of approach very skills building type of approach and it's really really it's really really great but just to finish that initial point she sees me and she's like boy it looks like you're just having a conversation you're having fun this guy calls and he's like i want to talk to you and what he said to the agency was, I didn't even realize it was a professional interview. He was just like chatting with me. So yeah, I was saying stuff. (laughs) Some of the stuff he was saying was, you know, I mean, I get that the people at this agency that I'll be going to are mostly fucking assholes, but you can work with assholes, right? (laughs) You know, and he's saying all this and I'm like, so when I do this and I do it in this way, it's because I want, I want people to let their guard down. I want people to feel like they're just engaged. I want them to be as authentic as possible. And so I use authenticity myself to a certain degree. Obviously, I've got a clear motive Mm -hmm. (laughs) in, (laughs) in what I'm getting. And so you can ask yourself, can you really be authentic when really you're trying to get specific information? I can be authentically me and do it and get the information, and so it can become very conversational, and we're enjoying ourselves, and it's great. And he's just open up, and boy, some of the things that he shared, and I'm like, yeah, or as you put it, not just no,
2: fuck no, hell
1: no, right, <laughs> preemptive button, go, <laughs> <Right? laughs> y'all, um, and it's, and so a conversation like this. Is the sort of natural for me because the data I've been collecting on you I think will be more authentic. And the recording I've been making <laughs> I think will better reflect what you guys are actually like.
0: You could have just used our recording.
1: Oh, yeah. I've used some of those, too. I want to see yeah. if this is going to match. You know, the data well,
0: there. just so you know, I don't edit anything unless it's super inappropriate. So I've edited twice this whole, what, over two years now.
1: Gee willikers. So yeah. all of this will
0: Yep. Be- it's on there. Unless you tell me there's something specific you don't want on here. Oh, just stuff
1: I said. Oh,
0: okay.
3: No.
0: <laughs> Well, I'll just edit completely out everything that you yeah, said, right. and it'll just be a converse, a one-way conversation with Chris on the wall. It'd
1: be a lot of silence. <laughs> hey, Chris, will you, will you tell me what Dr. Saz said? I could have sworn he said something at some point. Um, actually, I, I said earlier... Uh, you were saying, it can really have an impact locally all the way through <laughs> federally. <laughs> and I was like, I literally say that. You're going to have to go to madisonsrc.com and read the... No, I mean, not necessarily <laughs> now, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like the last thing that I saw. <laughs> Why is he dancing a little bit during it? He's like showing off. That's his tail wag. Somebody... Ju- <laughs> That's awesome. Do do horses wag their tails? Uh yeah. I wondered. Right. I mean you you would know that, but I mean, are you saying I'm a horse? A whore what? A whore? I'm sorry, a what? A whore? Yeah. No, no, no. I would never. <laughs> oh, that sounded quite equine. <laughs> quite equine. Okay, if you're verifying that I wasn't lying, no, go on to, to the bottom there of yeah. the narrative part, and it really is what I close with. He's like, I think that. No, at, the I bo- at the bottom it
2: says contact us. No, no. <laughs>
1: The bottom of the narrative part, problem (laughs) child. Um, (laughs) By drastically improving public
2: safety, quality, (laughs) and community relationships, we can create better outcomes for departments and the public they serve. That part? Or the the top part?
1: Yeah. Okay. The last sentence and the one right before that, right? (laughs) Yeah. The
2: scientifically sound, responsible, and culturally conscious system will lead to a new standard for the selection and retention of public safety officers, firefighters, federal agents, and more. I didn't even know about his website. I'm just a fucking genius.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. you Actually, that's not a website. The website is just the company's website right now. Yeah. Um, forensic psychology associates kc.com is my current website right and that's got all the information about what i do now that's just a splash page for madison src where i'm taking the company right as we move towards this more data science oriented approach to the work that we do
2: i'm glad you're doing it yeah. thanks man I'm a, I'm, yeah i, it's I didn't something... know about it until now but i mean i'm already a big fan
1: all right, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome to hear. It's I'm passionate about it, right? And it's interesting because in trying to find investors, for example, cuz obviously it's big. Um some people have advised me tamp down like the passion a little bit and think a little more about how lucrative this can be so that you can talk with people about how lucrative this could be. And I'm like, yeah, so here's the problem. Lucrative is the outcomes, right? (laughs) The outcomes for my agencies and the outcomes for the community. Those are what I look forward to being super lucrative and they could be super lucrative. And two advisors I was talking to is like, yeah, and that means a lot of
2: money. But see, lucrative can not, not mean money, too.
1: Exactly. And that's what it means for me. Genius. The out, at, <laughs> at least, qu- like, quiet genius one. <laughs> I'm a quiet genius one. I got to rub in his
2: face every now and then. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh,
1: my god! Secret goodness. genius? Is that what? I'm yeah. secret genius. Yeah.
3: I'm yeah. A, I'm secret You're not, not
0: spoken genius.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Okay, why did that feel so with tingly? That, without <laughs> due, with all due respect. Why, why did that feel so tingly and good? <laughs> oh, my God. I appreciate it, guys. Well, um, f- thank you for saying that, too, Chris. I mean, that's a big deal to me.
2: Except I've, I've, this has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot, and it's been a lot of fun.
1: And I didn't even lecture you guys a lot about the, I mean- the unprofessional appearance <laughs>
2: that we have. Wait, is my professional? No, uh, is my
1: appearance. I'm wearing a sweatshirt.
2: He's got a T-shirt on. I'm wearing a short sleeve. You're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he came. Out, he came, when he walked in, I was like, shit. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep a colored shirt in my I truck.
0: Why you get the lad the, the odds of that happening are zero. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're pretty slim
1: to none, more to the none part. During, I don't like wearing collar shirts. During so. the interviews, in fact, I often wear God, I'm gonna sound like such a nerd now. Um I often just wear like, V neck sweaters. God, shut up, Jeremy, <laughs> Jesus. You're a bad person. <laughs> yes wow. Yes, fully agree. <laughs> and I and I don't mean just like on the surface. <laughs> Yeah, it's deep down <laughs> in the core over there. <laughs> right. That was so. It was so natural that laugh at me. Did you see I saw that? it? It was so. It was so authentic. It was like <laughs> you said, V what sweater though. <laughs> when I was when I was the, you, when I was a university, you sip professor? Hot
0: cocoa while you do it. it... Wow, well, that's just i was <laughs> just being cruel.
1: Tea? Tea? Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. Typically, I I have I if you suck. So, God, I'm just going to dig in, so why not? If you saw <laughs> into my tea cabinet, <laughs> as I was saying it, I was admitting I have a tea cabinet.
2: <laughs> Man, you know, this is prob- international and the <laughs> Brits are going to love it.
1: Actually, I have uh, some pure that my oldest son gave me um, from Japan. He ordered it from Japan. Uh, it had been fermenting uh, in a warehouse for like, six years or something. It's just like this amazing, ridiculous, like awesome uh tea. No, y'all don't care. I'm not, <laughs> okay. I'm, not I'm not a tea guy. It's I'm it's actually it, it's, interested it's,
0: um, in that kind of stuff. I don't know a lot
3: about Pure it.
1: is an amazing, an amazing tea. And it's a whole tea experience and the whole, you know, when you see those tea rituals, those Japanese tea rituals, mm-hmm. they're probably using Pure. And you notice they'll like um pour um, the hot water over the tea leaves and they get really really big and it seems like just like 30 seconds later they're pouring the tea out mm-hmm. or 20 seconds later purer um for the strength i like it and it's pretty strong it's like 20 seconds 25 seconds uh to steep the first mm-hmm. time and then you can steep the same leaves again um and you just do it for like 30 seconds and it gets you the same strength. It's really, it's really, it's really pretty awesome. Um, And the whole process is cool. Why am I willing to spend almost a full minute talking about tea when we're talking about such important things? Um, One of the questions I asked during an interview uh, is I'll say, um, what do you do for fun? What do you do for hobbies? What do you do for, you know, relaxation? Where do you get your joy? And often. What is, ooh, fire service. What are the, what's the most common response I get? Come on, guys. You're going to guess it.
0: Um, fire service. Let's see. Um, let's see. They work out. There you go.
1: Uh, yeah. Got it in one. <laughs> I go to the gym. I work out. I take care of my body, you know, and I do it. And all I'm hearing is, so that I can be a better firefighter or so that I can better serve the community, right? Um, and it's like, that's about you in that you want to serve the community, but it's not about you. What do you do for, where do you get your joy? Where do you, you know? And often people have trouble coming up with anything, Right. So we developed that us-them mentality in the fire service also. We don't talk about it as much as we talk about it in law enforcement because you see the adverse effects of it more directly in law enforcement. But we developed that us-them mentality in fire service too. Think about those calls where it's the re- repeat caller um, – for because Mm -hmm. they are drug users or Mm -hmm. you know and you're responding to these same people over and over again it's like ah them you know uh type of thing um and then of course you're seeing all the things that you're seeing so i'll ask them that and they'll say i go to the gym, i work out and then i'll say why do you think i ask you that question in fact do you think i care what you do for fun right and they'll be like well i'm sure that you do because it gives you information no i don't (laughs) I don't care what. And then I'll typically say, no, I care um, that what you do is legal. (laughs) I care that what you do is safe. Right. But primarily what I care about is that you do things for fun, that you do things just because they bring you enjoyment, just because they feed your soul, because that serves to remind us that we are a member of the citizenry that we serve. For me, one of the things I really enjoy, opportunities to sort of step away, because my work is a little mind-brain-thinking intensive, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's great for me to get to step away for a minute and do something that I can actually think about, but in a super relaxed way, right? And sitting down and doing a little tea thing, for me, is a cool thing. I don't do it that often, Probably twice a week, right? But it'll be 15 minutes of just, and this is cool. This is awesome. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So if someone will mention something that they do this for fun, that they ju- do it for joy, and then I try to engage them on it, and then they're like, I mean, I don't actually do it, but I used to do it, you know, then that gives me information too. I'll have someone say, oh, I love golf. Oh, how often do you go What's your handicap? Oh, well, you know, I'm really, really busy at work and I have to do a lot of overtime. So I haven't had a chance to do it. You know, this is a recent fire service interview. I haven't had a chance to do it a lot recently. When is the last time you got to go out? I mean, you know, the pandemic made it really hard. (laughs) It was pre-pandemic. And he named that as something that he does for enjoyment. Right. So I think it's important that we can actually talk about those things that we do for enjoyment. Yeah.
0: Well, it gives a insight of where your mental health is at too.
1: It absolutely does, right? Um and it's you get some really dedicated fire service candidates. <laughs> some like Die hard driven and some of them just don't realize how important it is. And they f- feel good about the idea that everything that they do for fun is geared towards being a great firefighter and really, you know, being a great, you know, uh, community servant. Um, like they don't have a sense of self outside of that service. Right. And if you don't, this will eat you alive. <laughs> the fire service will swallow you whole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if uh you don't so it's kind Damn. of a big deal
0: yeah we talked about that a lot of this is you know your job your career it's what you do it's, don't let it be 100 percent of who you are or who you are absolutely so because you're also a father a husband a brother oh, yeah. you know the left fielder on the softball team you know
1: really left fi- oh what is are you i was a-
0: the left center fielder <laughs> Did y'all have more
1: than nine players? Wait, less So, re, left rec,
0: rec league softball, you play with four outfielders. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because you're, well, you're, like the time you're Yeah, you're old. <laughs> I, try, I was trying to find another way to say less it, but. area to cover.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> sort of like that. That's, you, can, yeah. you can run that's 15 cool.
2: feet. At 20 feet, you start pulling muscles. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> and I'm fine with pulling
1: muscles as long as it's someone else's muscle. Uh, I don't want to pull any of mine. I'm <laughs> Look at his face. he's like huh. wait do i get to do that if someone pisses me off if someone fails to meet my expectations huh. <laughs> or my demands i yeah. meant to say <laughs> yeah we're gonna roll with that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually i didn't even get into that we can have a conversation about that later there's this entire group of words that we use that um we have been designed to respond in an unfortunate way to, and it adversely impacts our our, our overall function. Um, and a lot of those words like need, should, must, have to; these are things that we like use all the time and use them wrong right never ever 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 yeah. use them accurately hardly ever i just caught myself using an extreme <laughs> yeah. um yeah quit it what, you literally Look, pointed at see, me i L- did you are literally literally I fucking hate that word i said almost <laughs> yeah because nothing that's, i'm guessing you the misuse of that word oh, yeah. Um, yeah yeah it literally drives me nuts button button <laughs> hate <laughs> the yeah. uh, misuse of that word yeah.
2: um i could care less oh, it drives me
1: bonkers unless again it's used accurately it's like i could care less cuz i care little but no. i mean not that much when i so, hear people say i couldn't care less Usually I hear them saying it and they've got this look on their face. I couldn't care less. Look, bro, if you didn't care, you wouldn't have that look on your face. <laughs> yeah. You'd have another look on your face. A look of apathy, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Uh like I couldn't care less. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm really trying to care and I just I wait, how are you doing? I can't find it.
1: You don't have to answer because I <laughs> honestly couldn't care less. <laughs>
2: I'm already sorry I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> Was not
3: necessary. Oh, I that sounds it. like
2: a whole other episode.
3: Uh, oh, it, it is. Does.
1: When I talk, just to put it in perspective, when I talk about why it's not helpful to use the word should, I start out by talking about Einstein's theory of special <laughs> relativity. <laughs> Yep. Totally. Totally a different podcast. Go, go, ahead, yeah. go ahead and let's go ahead and schedule the next one. We'll figure yeah. it out here in a minute. That'll have to be a specific, you know, yeah, topic. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I end up talking with a lot of my members of fire service about the words that they use. In fact, I'd be willing <laughs> when there's been a critical incident, for example, and I have a member in the office, um. I'd say 50% of the time they leave with at least one or two words that they are prohibited to use until we see each other again, and they are required to make little Hash marks uh, each time they use them, and should is often one of them, and almost invariably that fifty percent of them who leave with that will send me a text at some point, and they're like, "This is just too much," <laughs> <laughs> you know? and or I'll have them say, "I shouldn't have to wait." See, I definitely want to hear all about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Well, let's do we'll a uh, cliffhanger.
0: Yeah, let's do closing thoughts. Yeah. So now you have to come back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Okay. I didn't anticipate being uh, being invited back. But I will say uh, I appreciate you guys addressing this, uh, especially in this forum. I appreciate the contributions you make in every way. I'm sure you hear people say, um, I appreciate your service, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said automatically when you're like 19 years <laughs> i don't think i said it exactly that a, way but i oh, like I'm the sorry. way that you that, said that's 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 totally how how I, how I heard it but you are going farther and recognizing this is how i see this uh podcast mm-hmm. recognizing that the service you provide is really really great and we can acknowledge that but you're like there is also more that can be done this is demonstrating an awareness of the potential impact that we can have on the service overall just by being involved and engaged in a real way besides just when you're on shift right and and i think I just really appreciate you guys very, very much for that. And I'm going to do everything that I can in my power. And I mean this to get us as close to that hundred percent that you were describing earlier, um, because I feel a responsibility. Sure. But I feel an impetus to do everything that I can to increase the function of my agencies by increasing the function of my members. Because that is how I contribute to the community. That's how I make the communities better. My agencies are made up of the members, so that's where it has to start. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. And what you guys are doing, I think, is really, really important, uh, both in law enforcement and fire service, and public safety overall. Because what you guys end up talking about um, literally relates to public safety overall right um and i think that you engaging it in this way first of all is courageous and cool you're putting yourselves out there and i think that's awesome you asked earlier about what does it look like trying to get the agencies to share those data and so on and so forth and i said it looks hard right Mm -hmm. you guys are putting yourselves out there and talking about this really important stuff and that's courageous dude uh i wish agencies I just said I wish it would be fantastic and <laughs> increase the likelihood of goal attainment if agencies would also uh, be willing to engage in the same type of behavior.
2: <laughs> he, went, he went doctor on <laughs> us.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: if only.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if one day. Only one day we'll get there. Yeah, I just think one baby day steps.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you I. Gotta I w- you gotta walk you before guys. you crawl. Um, yeah and the first step up the mountain is a s- backwards that is first yeah um i think so, sometimes you gotta
2: you gotta sidestep to go forward I, I love that he pointed out to us you have to walk before
1: you crawl is backwards he's like just so you know guys yeah, most yeah. people crawl before they walk. yeah
0: well you know
2: literally sometimes you gotta say things to just to get a laugh.
1: <laughs> really?
2: I yeah. Don't think about it too hard, then you'll, <laughs> and you'll just laugh about it. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Well, this has been fun. I've I've appreciated it, guys, uh, and I've I've learned a lot. No, I didn't. Text it to myself. <laughs> Should I text myself all the time? Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, but I—I'll I, I, text myself something I got to remember, and I won't
2: open it so that notification still says is there, and I'm like, "What the? I I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Gosh, I find those so annoying. Yeah, that's why. That's why I don't open
2: it because it annoys me.
1: But. No, I said I find that so annoying. A number on a phone does not have the power to make (laughs) you feel annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Criminally. No, it. it, We've already been over
3: that, (laughs) right? For for me,
2: it it annoys me because it's, it's.
1: I feel annoyed when.
2: I feel annoyed when I leave a notification on my phone. I have all to right. of it.
1: Listen to all the eyes. Where's all the power yeah. then, right? Oh, yeah, it's I me. I feel annoyed when I leave notifications on my phone. All yeah. of a sudden, that little number doesn't have any power. That little number, no. whatever. You're just a little number. But I, but I leave it there <laughs> as a reminder.
2: Yes, sir. I'm like, okay, I know, I know what that See, reminder I, I is. I like that a lot. And I know what I got to do.
1: And does it work out that that works for the reminder? Nine times out of ten. Then how Am I feeling annoyed? What might be going wrong? What can I do to decrease the likelihood that I experience that annoyance? Although annoyance, that's cool. If I'm pissed off or depressed, that's a little <laughs> less cool. No, <laughs> then maybe I'm saying some bullshit to myself that's not particularly helpful. It, it, right? doesn't,
2: it doesn't make me mad. It just—it's—it's it's, again just a reminder to myself that I've got yeah, something important to do. I don't want to forget about. That's
1: it. really that's really useful. I think what happens to me in real life is sometimes those notifications are like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. You know, it's from this agency or this agency or this member or this police officer, you know, uh, so yeah. on and so forth. And it's like, oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one one of those types of things. Yep. That um, makes sense. What you. now? Exactly. Yeah. Although, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say, we can, it's not even important for the podcast, but, um, this happens so infrequently, but I love when it happens. And again, it was from um, a member of a fire service. That's that's funny. There, By the way, if you looked at the data, all the data that I have, the pre-employment data, and you've been, say you did decide to work with uh, FPA or Madison SRC part-time sometime in the future after you finish your master's, and you're seeing these data. You get to a point where you can literally look at two data sets and go, Fire service candidate, law enforcement candidate, hmm. fire service, also fire service, law enforcement,
2: law enforcement,
1: law enforcement, fire <laughs> service, like that. It gets literally the data start to differentiate that clearly. Hmm. It's really interesting stuff. But um, that, is, that, that story. Interesting. Yeah. It's always awesome uh, for me when people recognize that there's more I do than just oh there's a big problem and you it's important that this person is no longer a firefighter for you and you want me to do a what you know or what have you or you have these candidates I so I get a text message and the text message says hey Doctor Saz, can you give me a call I'm like it's okay to be honest with you. My first response was, "And who are you?" <laughs> um <laughs> And he goes, "Oh, this is Captain, you know, blah blah blah, right." Yeah. I'm like, "Okay." All <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what's happening now. And he was like, first of all, everything's cool, you know. Um I we responded to a call there was a lot of psych stuff involved, and I'd love to just have a coffee and pick your brain. Everything's done." all the paperwork's done, everything's cool, but I'd love to pick your brain about it. And I was like, you want to just sit down and have a coffee and talk about psych <laughs> stuff on a call? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, that's happened like three times in the last eight and a half years. Because <laughs> usually it's like, um, Dr. Madison, give us a call. It's like, Okay, Um, is this (laughs) going to be at the hospital? Is it going to be at the crash site? Is it going to be at the member's house? Is it, you know?
0: Yeah. Rarely is it good news like that.
1: Yeah, but, and by the way, we sat and had coffee. We went out to Black Dog Coffee out in uh, Lanecta, and it was awesome. And the second time we talked, we talked at uh, Messenger Coffee downtown uh, on like 17th and Grand, you know, but it was just really very, very cool. So I'm like, y'all can call for stuff that's, you know, preemptive. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother podcast, yep. too. That's podcast <laughs> number three. Yeah.
0: About being proactive. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, Saz, Dr. Madison, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. This mm. was fantastic.
1: I uh, can say, honestly, this time, uh, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do you got anything?
0: Hashtag
2: fire Chris.
3: <laughs> no
0: <laughs> He's gonna have hashtag keep Chris around I, like for real on my super active Twitter feed. I
1: don't even have Twitter. That, that has a blue star check mark. Oh, you got a check mark? No, either. there's not a chance. I I know that I have a Twitter account because a couple years ago I got a notification that I was being blocked because of something I said, which I think I had never (laughs) said anything (laughs) on it. Um, But it's reactivated. Uh, Well, congratulations, I I guess. Thanks, thanks, Uh, thanks. Um, I don't do Twitter. Yeah. yeah, I'm not particularly active on social media. Get you in trouble.
0: It's
1: really <laughs> easy to get in not trouble. Not because it would get me in trouble, Chris. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs>
0: Just okay. because ninety nine point nine percent people have used social media incorrectly or in a way that's not conducive to.
1: You seem not- to be paying really close attention to how you're talking and how you're talking to yourself. It's the most beautiful thing I've seen today. <laughs>
0: Nerd. <laughs>
3: That's <laughs> all right everybody thanks
0: for stopping by appreciate it remember if you are struggling there are resources out there reach out if you know somebody that's struggling reach out to them let them know what resources are available um yes, yeah and
3: we'll see you next time